1: Wrestling fans and welcome back to our Van the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us here for episode number 84 here on Monday, June 4th, 2018. Hope you had a good weekend. I am, of course, Joe Morata, alongside the one and only Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy-doody. What's going on, buddy? How's it going? Good, good. Yeah, ready for another week of the world of retro wrestling? Let's romp, as I'm, they say. I am ready to romp, and folks, thanks for romping with us. Before we get to our very interesting topics today, I want to remind you of a few things. If you haven't yet, go to Twitter, if you have a Twitter, and follow us. It's at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVP at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And there is a really wonderful place to chat with Quinn and I and every single other retro wrestling fanatic. And Quinn, that is the Facebook group. Yes, the
0: R-Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. It's the place where all the retro happenings of the day and some new stuff yeah, some happens. New stuff. <laughs> you can get to it by going to facebook.web.friends.feet uh, <laughs> yep. a special long edition. Yes. Three dots on that one. Very nice. And over there, you go in the uh, Facebook search, you type our vantage dash retro Wrestling Podcast. you hit join and we let you in, usually me and Joe, within seconds. Seconds. Because we get, you know, the notifications yeah. on the phone and you're like, what's that? I got it, and then I press it. I think it's a comment usually, Mm -hmm. and it's like, "Oh, uh, Freddie Joe Floyd wants to join the Facebook." So I hit yes during business
1: hours, sort of more than business hours, I guess. Like like eighteen hours a day, I'd say out of the twenty four. Right. And uh, one of the things about the group that I want you to know, maybe you're on the fence about joining, is that you will not be judged for your opinions. Uh, The only person uh, who I Quarrel with about his wrestling opinions is Quinn, but other than that, we kind of just you do your thing. You bring your questions, you bring your statements, you bring your funny gifts, whatever you want to do. We are the Ellis Island of Facebook groups.
0: Yeah, the only guy I quarrel with is Chuck Mess over Starcade ninety seven. But that, yeah, I kind of like that though. It's, That's it's a bit an of
1: a gimmick. Endless thread. He is right though. Well, it wasn't very good.
0: I, <laughs> I don't want to get into let's, it on the let's show. Let's save that for the yeah, Facebook go group. On the Facebook, you'll see.
1: <laughs> and uh, speaking of really great shows, there is. The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, Quinn. Now, that's a great podcast that we are friends with. Uh, They are great guys. Yeah. We have been on an episode of theirs. We plug each other each and every week. We have, like, a nice little association going there. And that's a show where they talk about their experiences in the business because, you see, one guy is actually a wrestler in ROH. His name is Brian Malonis. The Wine City Whaler Brian Malonis. That's right. And uh, his partner each and every week is independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus. Mean Mike Crockett and it's a great show each and every Monday it comes out so listen to it after us every Monday Yeah, and you'll be set for the rest of your day and speaking of
0: Brian Malonis we might have a new gimmick in store for him. Stay tuned for the review.
1: That's right. Later on, we have a little idea for him there. And another show, really great show, is one of Quinn's personal favorites as well. I know that. And one of mine as well. It is Greetings from Allentown, or G.F. Allentown. It is a lonely one-man show ho- hosted by a very quirky, cool individual. You know, quirky and cool, I'd say, is how you describe one Peter Winston, Quinn. Yes,
0: Little Petey. Uh, little Petey. You get to delve into the mind of Little Petey Winston. Yes. All the, all the random stuff <laughs> that goes on
1: in there. Dude seems to have a story for every
0: I love the opening of episode 65 where he talked about his cat and like something with like sticking a injection
1: into its mouth. <laughs> yeah, and he was the only one that could do it. it yeah. He couldn't go to Long Island it's because of it. It's stuff like that. That is why I like absolutely uh, that show. Greetings from Allentown, G F Allentown. Check him out. He uh, he does a great show. Another one I want to shout out real quick is another friend of the show. Mike Mills hosts a fantastic podcast that looks back at the Smoky Mountain era and also some WCW stuff, and that is called Booking the Territory. I happen to be wearing a T-shirt of his right now. That Might is... I add the debut of that shirt? Yes, that's right. It is the first time i ever wearing it. it. No, I've never seen new. it before. Uh, Mike Mills, Booking the Territory. Check them out. And that is our plugs. And we have a Patreon, which we'll talk more about later in the show. If you want to donate, you don't have to donate. You're not going to miss anything if you don't, that you're not already getting for free. We're not hoarding free stuff behind the Patreon. Yeah, we're not hoarding the content. We don't this do is, that.
0: This is the central show. This is the place to be, if yes. you will. It's a <laughs> veritable it veritable area where yeah. the most of the things happen. <laughs> That's right, Quinn. So you're not losing anything, but the Patreon's got
1: extra stuff. It does have extra stuff. This is OVP headquarters, though. Yeah. And uh, one last mention here. Just leave us a review if you have it on iTunes. I guess it's Apple Podcast now. We'd appreciate a five-star review. It'd be very nice if you, have very nice of you, yeah. if you were to do that. I yes, would say.
0: yes. I, very, very nice, as Andre nice. would say.
1: <laughs> so as we've been mentioning all season, Quinn and I have started a new career as private wrestling Investigators, and this is a little segment we call OVP on the case. You're on the case. On the case. You're on the case. You're the detective now, kid. And nothing's stopping you. There's justice to be served. So serve it. The year was 1994. In November of that year, one macho man, Randy Savage, left his nine-year career with the World Wrestling Federation to go to Ted Turner's WCW. Years later, rumors persisted that the reason for Macho Man's departure was an alleged sexual encounter with Stephanie McMahon.
0: So let's get started here. Yeah. Because this is... um... A ridiculous one.
1: Yeah, this whole rumor. there was There's this rumor that got started like 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, and innuendo. Yeah, and innuendo. <laughs> that the reason that Vince was like pissed at Macho forever was because Savage had some kind of, you know, tryst with yes. Stephanie McMahon.
0: My curiosity is killing me just like a cat would be killed by the curiosity. Yeah. First of all, this is ridiculous. But <laughs> if it is true. Yep. There is no illegalities involved. We did the math. The age was legal. Yeah. Um, I just want to get that out of the way. It's not that it's not creepy. Oh, it's creepy. It's It's something
1: Jerry Lawler might do.
0: Right. Puppies, JR! But nobody would have been breaking any laws Impropriety, right.
1: Right. So the the story goes, or the fake story goes, well, let's get to the facts of the case, right? Yeah. Randy Savage left the WWF in November of 1994. Yeah. His last WWE appearance was, I think, the Halloween episode of Monday Night Raw. The following week, Vince McMahon, sadly, like on screen, there's a famous clip of it. I'm sure you're going to hear it. And I'd like to uh, announce, unfortunately, that Randy Savage has been unable to sign a, a contract with the World Wrestling Federation, not unable to uh, rather come to terms with the World Wrestling Federation for a new contract. About a month later, he shows up in the WCW, right? Right. He's in WCW for several years. In the mid '90s, I think maybe six or seven, there was a rumor that he was in talks with Vince, and nothing ever materialized. And then they were kind of... They he was almost persona non grata, never mentioned. Yeah, for I mean, years, it's almost like he disappeared from existence. Like it was like
0: Back to the Future, right? And like you know, his <laughs> Being uncle, erased his 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 brother Fred was head fell off or whatever. <laughs> you know, like um, and then Fred was dead. Yeah, yeah. it was weird. Uh, the, to the point where I know for a fact. That do you remember that
1: first Macho Man DVD? The the initial the like crappy like fuck you one. <laughs> no, that one was pretty good. It was kind of lazily slapped. The one with Stryker and and Maria Canellis. It
0: was a nice little trip at the time. I really liked it. Whatever retrospectively, whatever, I think whatever it's you a, think a, of that DVD, I don't fart. care. It's a far. That fart. DVD was at the time a big deal. Yeah. But the point is, is the reason that DVD happened is because an actual shareholder asked on the the right. shareholders meeting right. call, like the public call, and said. Why do we own all this footage with Macho Man and we don't use it right. like this seems like a waste of money? It's pretty true. Quinn. Yeah. Uh,
1: anything else with him was just incidental at that point, but he was never showcased. Right. They,
0: in- Yeah. They had um, footage of him. They owned it and they could have made a profit from it because it was highly sought after. Right. And because of some grudge or something. That was. Um, see, I think that's they, one they, of they the things. They were not profiting off of right. it. Right.
1: Now, from what I understand in my detective work here is that this rumor got started on the Wrestling Observer news news boards, you know, with match and all that. And I think match. I heard match, match, right? In the mid-2000s. Yeah, it didn't come from Meltzer. Let's be clear. No, no, no. As far as I understand. His his, uh, people he hangs out with. Yeah, his associates there. Yeah, I find it to be ludicrous, like you said. Now, Stephanie would have turned 18 in, I think, September of 94. The end of 94. Which is when all this shit went down. Correct. Now, look, I don't, want to say that any <laughs> wrestler that was born and bred in the 70s and 80s was beyond that type of behavior? Of course not. Because yeah, we've I mean, heard tons of true stories, right? True stories?
0: Yeah, and I mean the the kind of behavior that was going on back then, uh, it's a lot of on-the-road stuff, right. uh, groupies, that right. kind of thing. So, it, you know, I it, it's I it's it. possible. Right. Let's
1: put it that way. But the this idea that... That's a Peter Winston shout-out. Yeah. This idea that Randy Savage just has an affair. It's not even an affair, just a thing with Stephanie and then leaves. And that's why Vince is mad at him for like 15 years or whatever. It doesn't add up because I actually think that if that really happened, Vince wouldn't have been so upset that Savage left. Like Vince was clearly upset that Savage left. Right. He was hurt. This is known. Well, there's two things here. I mean,
0: I don't think he would have ever allowed for anyone to think that that is what happened true so he could have Vince could act I mean he acted every day for his whole life <laughs> Still basically. Does. yeah, yeah it's true. Um. it's it's plausible that in a cover-up I guess he would act like it was some heartbreaking thing so that nobody would ever suspect anything
1: couldn't you just say something else that's a little more realistic I don't know like drugs yeah, Something I mean, like that? Well, they can't accuse somebody of drugs if they don't have evidence. That, that... happens
0: all the time! <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in this kind Vince of industry... Vince isn't the
1: DA. I mean, he doesn't have to prove it. I didn't hear a word you said. I was listening to Ashley Simpson on my new iPod. Christ, she sucks.
0: <laughs> okay. All I know is this. It's just... Um, something did happen here. Yeah. Because there was... It's different from people normally leaving. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, Vince... For for what you want to say about the guy, he's always willing to look past personal issues if he can make money off of it, right? And help someone else make money. Well, in this case, the money that he wanted was that
0: Slim Jim money, right? I mean, I like think that's, that's part of that's, it. that's that's known. Is that, that might that the, be part of it? The Slim Jim deal was part of the reason he kept Savage around. I don't know if that's why, but it might have
1: stuck in his craw that Savage left, right? Because there was a lot of money um, on the table taken away. Now I don't know if they had a falling out in later years, because obviously Vince wasn't going to glorify anyone from WCW during the Monday Night Wars anyway, right? He right. was going to make fun of them.
0: Yeah, but once they, once that WCW was out of
1: business and you know, he one. owned it,
0: uh, he was, you know, cashing in on right.
1: WCW's uh, intellectual property exactly. like, immediately. And it still took, what, about 10 years for Savage to make? Remember he made that commercial for WWE All-Stars? Right. Let the WWE All-Star video game begin, yeah!
0: That was the last WWF thing he ever... And probably the first since... Whenever. Since yeah.
1: 1994, in all had, had honesty. Had he not
0: have died, Joe, do you think he would have been brought back by now? He'd i would mean, be in the Hall of Fame by now. Yeah. Like, but earlier, well, than, he, he was, earlier but, than he was. Earlier than he was. as an actual appearance, yes. which would also entail, I would assume, he would be at WrestleMania, not doing anything, just, like, coming... Doing a Hogan. Yeah. Or, or Austin, or Rock, you know what I mean? How fun would that have been if at WrestleMania 30,
1: Joe... Oh, God. Savage and was that, there?
0: It was Savage, Hogan, and The Rock, and, and Austin. And
1: Austin. Oh, that would have been amazing. Wouldn't that have been literally yeah.
0: the best that it could possibly get?
1: Yeah. And I just think that I can't imagine 18-year-old Stephanie, what Savage walks up to her, he's got his hat on, you know, How you doing there, Stephanie? I'm pretty good, Randy. How you doing? Yeah. I don't know, you know, your dad doesn't want me to wrestle. can't believe it, you know. Like, first of all, I think the reason Savage fucking left is because he was sitting on the sidelines for a year and a half talking to Art Donovan and shit like that. Yes,
0: um, the whole situation, I I don't understand why Stephanie, unless it's like a revenge situation. I mean, that just came to mind is that he was pissed off and he thought he'd hit on his daughter. I
1: can't see Randy Savage doing that yeah, though. Yeah. Can you? I don't think so either. But I'm not I'm, saying he's the most stable person that's ever lived. I mean, he did do the Gorgeous George thing. Well, let's when she was put, young. Let's put it this way: he
0: came off a divorce, right?
1: Yes. Let, let's look at li- it logistically. Yes, you come off a divorce here two years
0: you're earlier. Probably yep. uh, sowing your oats. Probably at that. Does he have right? any oats? He's got some oats. I would say. He's got some oats to <laughs> okay, sell. There's a
1: few oats, right? Because,
0: you know, you're, you're free now. There's no obligations. Right. You're not married anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming a guy like that, that people know who he is, that women,
1: you know, when he travels around the country, would be interested. Let's put it that way. I can see that. But why Stephanie McMahon, Quinn, who had just turned 18? Yeah, well, I'm just saying she
0: was young. She was there. Vince's daughter, though. I know. I know. It's a terrible thing. I, I don't think you I don't would
1: think do that. But, you don't think this happened, though, do you?
0: I don't think it happened.
1: I no, really don't. I really don't either.
0: But I still believe something more than just a, uh, a
1: split, like a, <sighs> Maybe. A, a normal business split happened. I think Vince couldn't look past the personal hurt on this one. In my honest opinion, you could tell from 1985 until the day he left, Vince loved Randy Savage.
0: Over,
1: I do the, thing in Go the ring. all right Randy Savage we'll do the thing, the thing. Oh, right he loved him as a wrestler he loved him as a talker he loved doing commentary with him you can hear it in his voice but as the Monday night Wars went on and he could
0: see through other wrestlers why Randy Savage would leave I mean the the writings on the wall right there if you look back at it for even like two minutes and just think about it and you say to yourself Here's a guy who can still go in the ring, as was proven.
1: Yes, for several more years. He's being sidelined. For, for almost two years. He yep. can
0: still make lucrative money, not even in wrestling, in advertising. Advert- which he did. But somebody comes along and says... We'll pay you and let you wrestle. We'll pay you more and let you wrestle. On a light
1: schedule, too. But you get to do what you now, love. He
0: could understand this for whatever reason with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. But but, it, but, it, be, but the macho man, That no. was first, though. I understand that. Okay. But I'm saying, my point is, by the time we get through the Monday Night War, the fact that he didn't bring him back out of some grudge, right, something okay. doesn't add up there. Because if he could understand it through all these other guys that left him, how could he not
1: look back and say, oh, I get it now? It's possible Randy Savage didn't want to go back.
0: That might be part of it, yeah. Right. By the time the Monday Night War ended, um, he was making an appearance in Spider-Man.
1: I know that was a big deal. was coming deal. up.
0: Hey, Brink Joe,
1: you're going nowhere. He was doing a weird rap album. Yeah, the Hulk Hogan feud, the never-ending Hulk Hogan association. Was Savage
0: too beat up possibly physically, and he didn't feel like he could come back and perform.
1: 48, 49 years old. I mean, maybe... I don't know when the last time he wrestled. I know he appeared in TNA in 04 or something like that. Remember that? I don't think he wrestled. I don't though. think he wrestled either. Again, in just another appearance. The Macho Man Randy Savage! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I think my my final real two cents on this, two or three cents on this, yeah. is put yourself in Vince's shoes, right? He's gone through the steroid trial already and okay. all the bullshit and the public image failures and things like that. Hulk Hogan in June of 94 signs with WCW and, and Vince had always wanted Hogan around obviously for personal gain or for financial gain but to have the Babe Ruth of wrestling right Vince's stupid vision the yeah. Babe Ruth I don't remember Babe Ruth doing anything if after he retired
0: anyone should have been the Babe Ruth of wrestling it's Hulk
1: Hogan it not is Hulk Randy Hogan Savage no it's definitely Hulk. yeah believe me it's Hulk. <laughs> oh it's Hulk. it's, it's Hoke Hulk, but Hogan leaves he goes to Turner the competition Bischoff clearly is trying to get more talent, compete, turn a profit. And then Vince, who has had Randy Savage sitting next to him literally for a long time, right? But also with him for nine years, Savage up and leaves. And I think it is the way he did it with no notice, going to the competition not even six months after Hulk Hogan did. I really think that was something that just deeply hurt Vince McMahon. And that, I think, is all there is to it. Now, that's my fact-finding there. You, you're you allowed to present your final word here, Michael. I think it was more of a business grudge than a personal grudge. Okay. Um, I truly think that um,
0: Randy Macho Man Savage was within his rights to leave, and Vince fucking knew it. Because if you're sidelining this guy... It was clear to me that he felt he could still go. I'm sure everyone understood that.
1: And from yes, and I agree. From everything I understand, he still wanted to wrestle that right. whole time.
0: Vince had no one to blame but himself for that.
1: Vince screwed Vince.
0: Right on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, what Vince to, I would imagine was angry about was losing the Slim Jim money, and I think that <laughs> I'm serious because. Okay if you notice promotional consideration paid for the, by the following every single week, Slim Jim, Jim. how much money could that, that must've been a lot of money. And they would go on to sponsor WCW pay-per-views. That's what I mean. Yeah. To the point where Savage was in the main event because of some of them. But you know, the point is, is now WCW, his competition is getting that money. Even on, if you notice the Saturday nights promotional consideration paid for by the following Slim Jim, there was a huge business rift. And I think Vince never forgave him for, take, that for robbing him of that, that, especially in a
1: hard time for them. You know what, Quinn? That is a very astute point. I will give you that. I think the bottom line that we can both agree on is that it was not because of a Stephanie McMahon encounter. No, it, it just seems ridiculous. It seems ridiculous. But I think the truth probably lies somewhere in between our two proposals here. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both, right? A personal level and a business level. Right. But until next time, if you have a case for OVP to solve, Be sure to send it in. We'll be back right after this. Promotional consideration
0: paid for by the following. Happening dance, huh? Pick up the temple? Yeah! To a slip Jam! <laughs> Turtle's bite! That beefy juicy tape! That's Mr. Savage. How about the funky
1: chicken? Oh, is that a wolf? Oh, yeah! <laughs> you all excitement?
0: Savage Slip Jam! Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? <laughs> yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point. Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best.
1: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here on episode number 84, June 4th, 2018. Hey, Quinn. Yeah? It is time for Mount Rushmore in Death Valley. Is it? It is. This is where each week we have put and we will continue to put four of the best of something could be anything onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. And Quinn, we have a fan request this week. Yeah, uh, play the Coliseum music. Yeah. <laughs> now, you can send in your request to ovppodcast.com. There's a little section there that says suggestions. Put it on the spreadsheet there. But this one is from Gary Fay, a, a good friend of the show, longtime listener. listener, yeah. and first-time patron. So thank you very much, Gary. This is Quinn, the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Tag Team Wrestler to Singles Competitor. Mm, this will be interesting. This one's been on there a while. Yeah, And I'm glad that we're finally getting to this one. Thank it's, you, Gary.
0: It's been in the queue, as they say, yeah. in uh, England in, or yes, whatever. Yes, in, in the
1: queue that night Two yeah. Fat ladies. So when you think of a Tag Team Specialist, that, that that term was kind of coined for the Rockers, which I think is perfect because I'm sure yeah. that's going to come up, right? In fact, so much so is it is the Rockers involved in this that a lot of times when a popular Tag Team breaks up, Mm-hmm. the Shawn Michaels, quote-unquote, is the big star, and the Marty Janetti, I guess he's the trope namer here, right? Yes. Is the uh, the less successful one, and that'll kind of be our our basis here. With that said, let's... Uh, <laughs> You're what going about, right for it, What huh? about Shawn Michaels? Yeah, because I think when you think of... A guy who was firmly a tag team wrestler, first and foremost. Yeah, from the AWA to yes. the WWF. I mean, he was always a tag team wrestler. That's what he was. Now, obviously, folks, there's going to be people that get discussed. That of course made their debuts as singles wrestlers, yeah, and might have wrestled as a single for a while. But we're talking where they first achieved their their notoriety, where people started to know who they were, yeah. And they had any modicum of success was as a tag team wrestler. Yep, Shawn Michaels fits right into this category. Yep, well, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest of all times.
0: How of all the times? He's my personal favorite wrestler. Yes, he is. Um, Not mine, but I, up I don't, there. I don't like to. Um, nominate someone like that you know because of bias uh, because of <laughs> bias however in this particular case Shawn Michaels is
1: far above most people he that is. you could obviously think of he is now Shawn Michaels was in the Midnight Rockers in the AWA and others uh, with Marty Jannetty then the Rockers in the WWF from 88 until Clearly, 1992, when he started the singles run, he was firmly a tag team wrestler and a damn good one yep. in a damn good tag team. Yep, Tag champions of the A.W.A. Correct. Also tag champ in the WWE. Yeah, Phantom at, League. For like a minute or something. <laughs> and a well-regarded tag team, put on some great matches, uh, got the fans into it, great wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he went on to have the Shawn Michaels career right. from 92 to 98. Right. And then 2002 to 2010. The resurgence. So he, this
0: guy had a, a, a two-part career, yep. um, became known as Mr. WrestleMania near the end of his career. Whether deservedly
1: of, so or not. Well,
0: yeah. I, I think just because of a string of successive WrestleMania matches Manch. in his glory days.
1: Yeah, I agree uh, with you. As far as someone that was in a mid-card tag team, the WF, because they never were more than that. Right. But a solid, reliable tag team to go from that right. to break up the team. And to go on to become an intercontinental champion multiple times and to, to lose it by uh, not in the ring is really impressive, too. To go on to become a world champion multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, European champion. No, but it, it's uh, clearly Shawn Grand M- Slam. Yes. Grand Slam. Yeah. It's clearly Shawn Michaels. There's nothing I will say against that. Right. Because he's the if he's the baseline of the Rushmore's it, it, here, it, he has to be on the Rushmore. No, it's Shawn Michaels. Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate that. There's a template there, and the, the guy I'm going to bring up in one second after we put Shawn Michaels on is right in line with him, right. neck and neck, honestly. But it, it, it's not the same situation when his partner left, Right, so, <laughs> so you know, one of the things about tag teams back then especially, but even now, if they're not too developed mm-hmm. and they're not like a main event tag team, they're generally thought of, the wrestlers, as interchangeable. Right, Michaels and Janetti during their time as the Rockers were very interchangeable. They did the same moves. Right, they acted the same. I think for a lot of fans, it
0: was hard to tell that either would fail because they felt they're equally as good. Right, right?
1: so it was it was kind of heartbreaking Some, when Marty Janetti <laughs> yeah. did what he did. And sometimes uh, announcers would even get them confused. You know, things right. like that. Yeah, like axe and smash, for example, very similar in uh, that vein uh, that always pissed me off that people could not understand the difference But Fatou and Samu yeah, Nobs that, and sacks, shit like that right but Shawn Michaels went from being in a tag team like that to being Shawn freaking Michaels yep. and for that there's no question about it Quinn I absolutely want to put him on as number one if you're cool with it I'm cool with I it I know so for number one Shawn Michaels <laughs> But you know, Michael, where I'm Mm -hmm. going next, and I think it's only fair. Before the Rockers came into the World Wrestling Federation, there was a very well regarded tag team Mm -hmm. that was actually quite different, weren't interchangeable. No, very different. Very different, right? But nonetheless, two tag team specialists, and that would be Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, the Hart Foundation. And obviously, I'm nominating here Bret Hart. This is a guy that, while yes, he was a singles wrestler in Stampede and very briefly when he started in the WWF. Yeah, but unless you live
0: in in Calgary, w- and Western like go, Canada, and go in a barn every week, you <laughs> don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah,
1: you get a wrestler there, my son Brett. Yeah, so Bret Hart in the Hart Foundation from 1985 until 1991. Yeah, very similar run and length of the Rockers. There was strictly a tag team wrestler. Yep, a well regarded one. A well-regarded team, Mm -hmm. multiple-time tag champions. Two-time, right? (coughs) Mm Two-time. Which is a lot back then. It actually was, yeah. Because when Demolition did the (laughs)
0: three-peat or whatever, they were like, wait, what? What are you saying, Monsoon? 3
1: Pete Jess, I don't stutter! So
0: just that alone should tell you how how it was uncommon for people to have multi-reins.
1: And you take a guy like Bret Hart, who then in 1991 went on to become a singles wrestler only six months before Shawn Michaels did, Mm -hmm. won the Intercontinental title on two occasions, won the world title on five occasions, all told. And another one of the most well-regarded wrestlers in in terms of wrestling ability, my personal favorite, appreciated by you as well. Yes, appreciated. Um, Not my favorite, but appreciated. So, Bret Hart is another one where he went from being in a tag team, again, not an interchangeable one. He was clearly, he was the Porsche and Amble was the tank, they used to say. Right, right. Very different. It's bad enough that you gotta take orders from a dog, <laughs> but you gotta take orders from a bitch. <laughs> Nonetheless, he was tag team mid Carter Bret Hart for that run. Correct. If he wasn't the champion. And you took that guy and made him, you know, for a period of time, the number one guy in the company. Mm-hmm. Went on to beat Bret Hart. Yeah. So I think Brett he's Hitman Hart. Brett Hitman Hart. I think he's the clear number two on Rushmore. And I think the final two, that'll be a bit more of a battle. Yeah. All right. So are you with me on putting Brett in? I think we should just put Brett in and call it a competition from that point forward. I think you're absolutely right. So not that Bret Hart would be particularly pleased with playing a second fiddle to Shawn well, Michaels. In this case. I always thought I was better than him. I thought my matches were more realistic. Hart. I agree. I but guess. anyway, for number two, in this case, Brett Hitman Hart. <laughs> now the fun begins, Michael. Yeah, you know, put an S in front of
0: Hitman. And that's what. all I think right. All right. All but right. Anyway, At least he lost
1: titles in the ring. Uh, Except that one time where it was, he was screwed.
0: <laughs> anyway, what about a guy named Edge? Hmm. Yeah. I think I know him. I think I know him, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, Edge is great. Another guy where he did have a brief run as a single in yeah. 98, but, yeah, but it wasn't that was, long. That was like five minutes, <laughs> yeah. and he was a vampire. <laughs> with or Gangrel. Possibly a vampire, we're <laughs> not sure. He was just a guy that nobody really knew that hung out in the crowd. Right. And then eventually he became a team with Christian, sort of an indescript, to steal a word from Quinn's made-up vocabulary, yeah. uh, tag team for a little while, but, but then they, in they, 2000, Yeah, God. They,
0: they developed a personality. Oh, they were, yeah. They were kind of like Joker's who were willing to cheat.
1: They were smokers like, and midnight tokers also. Yeah. Steve but, Miller.
0: In, but I mean, am I getting it right? I mean, no, you are. basically you are. like It's basically like, here's these kind of jokey fun guys, but when you turn your back on them, mm-hmm. they hit you with a chair.
1: Absolutely. Like, that was kind of their, their MO. They were uh, another team when they were a team, which right. was like 98 to 2001-ish. Right. Kind of interchangeable. Sort of. Edge debuted first so he had a little bit more notoriety. Now
0: in my in my usual ranking of who the captain of the team is thing, Edge all the way. I always perceived Edge to be the leader. Let's put it that way. Edge all the way. Like where where Christian was just as good, like you couldn't really tell that one was better than the other. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like Edge had that like rock star look to him to make him seem like the face of the tag team.
1: He he definitely did, I'll give you that. I have no argument there. And uh, but again, somewhat interchangeable to the fact that, that I remember Jr. always fucking calling both of them Christian. Oh, uh, Christian in there.
0: That's weird that he called That's both Edge, of them JR. Christian, not all the time. Edge.
1: Yeah, but nonetheless, Edge is a strong contender. I mean, this guy went on to the King Edge, the awesome stuff. Notwithstanding, he carved out. A very respectable solo career and didn't we
0: agree in the king of the Ring thing that that wasn't like a bad king of the ring no. that was just like a they gave him the nod too early kind yes. of thing and like they just had nothing for him to do Correct. until they were like ready
1: yeah which was around 0405 right it
0: took like two or three years
1: that feud with matt hardy was a big career launcher yeah the oh
0: f- man a lot of people. i forgot about that so you just said that but that
1: whole lita thing fantastic like feud, oh my god steeped in reality You whined and complained and you bitched and moaned last week saying Lita was the girl of your dreams. You wanted to marry her. Matt, you were with her for six years, but you never proposed.
0: And that was was wonderful
1: before he came even close to the world title. That kind of cemented him.
0: Yeah, like it's like, okay, holy shit, this guy's interesting.
1: Absolutely. And then he went on to the feud with John Cena. Mm -hmm. Fantastic feud. So he acquired Lita
0: as his uh, valet
1: from that point. Right. That's correct. And then they did the live sex thing or whatever. Remember right. that? Well, that was
0: after he won the title. Yeah, later. So that then was in he celebration. Went, he's
1: the first ever guy
0: to cash in the money in the bank.
1: Correct. He beat John Cena at a time where people didn't beat John
0: Cena. And I always liked how Edge did that because Edge waited almost a year to mm-hmm. cash in, which set the precedent that, like, this could go on for a while. Yeah, so, which I which I always liked, and I yep. thought you know Edge was the perfect guy to do that. Perfect, it, it truly launched his career into the main event. And the point with Edge is that you wouldn't think, especially with the layoff between the breakup of Edge and Christian, and to when he was finally like pushed in like oh six or something.
1: Yeah, 05, 06, he really and got pushed. Even yeah. if
0: you want to say like when he won the King of the Ring, yeah, like was the real start where they didn't
1: start. Yeah, it was the false start, basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> The point is, is that you wouldn't think that he would pan out the way he did in the end. Yeah, I think he had a great career.
1: Yeah. It'll cut a little short, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, um, I would say he would probably still be wrestling had he yeah, not gotten messed up. Probably. And the doctors literally told me he can't wrestle anymore. Yeah.
1: So. He would have probably gone a few more years at least, or maybe still be around now. You're right. And
0: and honestly, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, known as a good guy, not, wasn't a troublemaker, um... He's still welcome in the company. They Absolutely. let him they let him fool around on the network and yeah. do stuff They're like I don't he's just respected.
1: That's all. Absolutely. And he might even be a strong contender for number 3. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, I'm not saying we're putting him in yet. Right. But he he might be a tough one to top right. in all seriousness because when you think of tag teams, yeah, you think of guys that could have gone either way, kind of like Quinn said. Yeah. No. What you were saying, you wouldn't think that he would have ever gotten to that level. No. He, here's the thing with Edge, like
0: we were saying. Like, mm-hmm. Even though like he obviously was earmarked for good stuff, mm-hmm. I never really thought he would develop above like intercontinental title levels. Right. When he won the world title, that was a true shocker. Cover! He
1: got him! He might be tough to beat Quinn. Yeah, but I mean, there's other guys. You got anyone else in mind? What about Jeffrey Hardy?
0: Yeah, Jeffrey another, Hardy. Another guy who started um, as a jabroni, a guy that lifting Mabel's uh,
1: <laughs> sedan to the ring. I saw that last yeah. week. Uh,
0: yeah, his name is Jess
1: Harvey. Actually, yeah, I mean Hardy. I mean
0: Hardy. And that was about the when that happened. That was about <laughs> the time he was like truly pushed.
1: If you recall, he was I remember Quinn and I were really big on Jeff Hardy during that feud with Randy Orton. Yeah,
0: remember there was that? that. And also, I was actually really big into him when he feuded with uh, Rob Van Dam post-Hardy Boys. In also, 01-ish, 02, yeah, over yeah. the
1: hardcore European that was good. intercontinental.
0: Like that- He was a mainstay on mid-card titles. That was his first tiptoe
1: into a singles push was yes. that Van Dam feud.
0: And he also had a brief um, cup of coffee fight in Triple H, if you remember. He did. Didn't he beat Triple H? He did. What's the leg! Wait a minute! No chance! Again, clearly earmarked for greatness as opposed to his brother, who his brother, I feel um, almost there. But I don't not think quite he's a, a Death level. Valley. No, I don't think he's a Genetti. Right. I just think Matt, from a mainstream perspective, got the shittier end of the stick for whatever reason. Maybe they just didn't like his look or whatever. Maybe after the maybe after the thing with Edge, they felt like since he was the loser, like I don't know. It's just his career know, trajectory didn't pan out. The point his is, gut Matt, panned out. The point is, you know, he works well with that gut, so don't <laughs> fuck with that. He, uh, that guy is. I see that guy do some crazy shit still to this day. My point is with Matt. So wind up looking like
1: Buddy Rose if he doesn't.
0: My point keep with, it in check. my point with Matt is that I just think that he he's not going to make Rushmore. He's not going to no. make Death Valley. No, but he's a no. he was a fine singles competitor. He's made all sorts of weird gimmicks work and do strange. He's probably the more, more creative. Jeff is the star, though. Yeah. Jeff has the look. Yep. He's got an intangible, like, People interpret him as like the crazy one, right? He's sure. willing
1: to do crazy things. Kind of is the crazy one in and real life.
0: They've even brought him back uh, recently mm-hmm. and as a singles competitor because he was doing tags with Matt again right. in the revival of the team or whatever. But yeah. they brought him back as a singles competitor and he got a huge pop the Raw after WrestleMania. People people love their Jeff Hardy. They like, like their Jeffs, man. Yeah, they, You're they, absolutely right. They, they love to see Jeff jump off Swanton. You know, people love Jeff. I'm going to give you one.
1: Go ahead. What about Scott Steiner? I think Scott Steiner's a a fair one because <laughs> okay, well you consider their team right, which Rick started first, Scott came in, and then they were the Steiner brothers. Here, here's a case, Joe. Good, where I feel the team was better than Scott's
0: singles run. Okay, whereas Scott did have the world title. Big Papa Dump Man, right? Got your hookup. He was known, and I think he got over for being a l- very outlandish. He had that new look once he left with the with the yeah what the white the hair. white
1: thunder look they called it for a while yes. yeah which
0: he debuted on uh the nitro after
1: slamboree or yeah, whatever february of 98 whenever correct. he left or after whatever he turned yeah, on i just recently watched yes it. after he turned on rick and ted dibiase yeah the next day yep. he had
0: the hair mm-hmm, I so that. he has that in for about i want to say a year up until him getting the title run it, it seemed like oh man scott steiner's a big deal like he's gonna be one of the top Competitors yeah. and Rick Steiner kind of languished, feuded with Chucky the and, doll. To be fair to Rick, um, yeah. I don't think he's Death Valley either. But what no I way. what I feel about Rick is that Rick he peaked early. Scott came along later. Rick was already an established singles competitor, TV champion. You're right et about cetera, that, et Club and all right. that stuff. Yeah. That whole thing. Rick had his day. Like it was every dog has yeah, his day. Right. Yeah. The the dog face gremlin had his day. Right. So. By the time the team broke up, it was kind of Rick was like being night hearted. Like he was just like, just like whatever. Did,
1: did you just make knight a verb? Yeah. <laughs> he was being knight hearted. You know I, mean? I totally know what like you mean. It wasn't like a consequence
0: of Rick Steiner being shitty. It was just right. like his time was over.
1: But wouldn't you say yeah. overall success wise, Scott Steiner is leaps and bounds above his brother. My problem with Scott comparably to all these people is yeah. it was only like a year.
0: And then after or that, two. he
1: was like a joke. Well, yeah, okay. I, yeah. I won't fault you for calling him a joke. Well, yeah. Do you have any more? I have one in mind, but if you have any, throw them at me. I want to say one good thing about this guy, because I know a lot of people will be like, why didn't you
0: mention him? He had a good run in TNA and Bubba.
1: Yeah, I thought of him too. Bully
0: Ray. Bully and, Ray. in TNA, but I mean, he, he led his own faction for a time. A lot of people were giving him props. Uh, you know, very underrated singles competitor. Not, you know, he had the TNA world title. Right. Okay. But I mean, he never had a world title in a big company. but and Woody. Great teacher. I know he's helped a lot of people out. Yeah, yeah. He knows the business. Right. Um, overall, just fantastic competitor. And he can still go in the ring. I've seen him go in the ring recently. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy is, he's it's like did.
1: he hasn't aged a day. Like, and, he's great. And he was clearly the leader of the Dudley Boys. Right. Without he question. Was. And he was the one that did most of the talking. Right. And a very charismatic talker another guy where it it was like a feel good thing to see him get some success on his own even though it was TNA it was still good it was good for him everyone was rooting for him because it's like we
0: know he's good nobody will just give him the television time over on WWE like
1: why the fuck I'm glad you brought him up honorable mention though right? honorable mention yeah yeah. but I think I have one that might even take the three spot from Edge maybe go ahead Booker T
0: (laughs) oh yeah how Uh, do you
1: Booker T that is the other
0: one I always forget about Booker T. Now, Booker T is another case where I don't think,
1: I think everyone was taken aback how good Booker T was as a single. And you didn't get to see it until what? The late 97 or early 98, right? Right. When he has that television got
0: title run. Yep. And he's incredible to the point where I think. That that at the time, if I recall, was just so Booker T would have something to do till Stevie got back. That's what it was, and then he just exploded. Like it was, it it was so good that people just could not, like they could never bring him back to being a tag team wrestler after that.
1: You know, when you and I talk about '98 WCW, that tournament always comes up. You know, the whole the whole TV title thing, because I remember being blown away as a twelve year old. That Booker T, the former tag wrestler, right? Because I had seen him. Harlem Heat was all over they were WCW, a staple yeah, of, from ninety four uh, to ninety three, even from yeah, ninety seven, yeah, yeah, until ninety seven, no, yeah. And I would see them whether they were heel or face, you know what I mean? Whether mm-hmm. Sherry was there or later, and she wasn't, right? They were always there. They were always a solid, good tag team, but you never pictured either of them really breaking out and becoming a singles wrestler. So when Booker T. Was having these matches with guys like Finley or whoever it was, Be- uh, Rick, Rick Martel, wh- whoever else was involved in that. It was like, holy shit, this guy is good. Yeah,
0: I mean, he was just he was just incredible. I, I it was really unexpected, and I think took it to great heights. He was a world champion not only in WCW, WWE, WWE, yeah, like and TNA, wasn't he? Uh, yeah he he did it all. Like this guy could go. He was in great shape. For, yeah. mo- for almost all of his career. Great look. Um, before he Great became moves. kind of a
1: joke as a talker, he was a good talker. Yes, he like- was. Except uh, for that one promo with the Hulk Hogan.
0: We're coming for you, Benoit! All his his work as a commentator, That doesn't count. He's fine. But although, you know, some people like to crap on Booker's. I find him endlessly entertaining on the mic because he's just so ridiculous. Like
1: He he does have that Art Donovan quality to him.
0: But Art Donovan, less annoying. Like, he knows (laughs) when to stop. And he knows how much people weigh. Yeah. So
1: he doesn't have to ask. Right. You know what? (laughs) Sorry. Is he number three or is Edge Uh, number three? It's going to be one of them. I want to say Booker T. Yeah. Because Booker T
0: was a clearly defined tag team wrestler. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, wait, this guy can do singles. Okay, (laughs) And then off to the races they went.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. It's Booker T. Yeah. All right. You want to do it? Sure. For number three, Booker T. Got anyone else in mind? I'm kind of zeroing in on Edge. I think we can wipe Scott Steiner off the table. Yeah, is there anyone we haven't mentioned? That's what I'm trying to think. I'm, now, again, we're talking notable. People that went on to become champions, you know, not just good wrestlers. Yeah, so, like, Bubba wouldn't rank, right? He's, I, I mean, despite the fact that Bubba, like, I like him more, even Scott Steiner is probably overall, like, more successful. Yeah. And like, just... Bubba is, in a weird way,
0: to me, like how Barry Darso is.
1: yeah right right they're very good
0: character wrestlers yes um you know barry (laughs) Barry darso (laughs) existed in an era where he wouldn't be able (laughs) to go to the competition and win a world title right right whereas the situation was different for bubba it was a time period where like there was a promotion in need of some guy that could be a character like yeah, that. right. Because I think Barry Darso, literally, if there, if he existed in a time where there was TNA, he would go over <laughs> there, make some dumb... Barry Darso is one of the greatest character wrestlers ever. He and is. The guy can do everything any
1: fucking thing you give him. Yeah, he's like the, the but, good twin of Ed Leslie. Yeah. Like, Ed Leslie's the worst character. He, he, ever. he was a
0: Russian. He was a demolition guy. He was he, a repo man. He was a
1: golfer. He was a bully. Yeah, he, he, he was could a do bully. anything. He,
0: he could do anything, and everyone was entertained. <laughs> so, Barry Darso, honorable mention also, but yeah, Barry Darso, Bubba, they're like kind of the same vein.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We got Edge and Hardy on the table if we're wiping Steiner off, and I think... What Ed, about,
0: what about yeah. Rick Martell?
1: World Martell, champion, but mostly was a tag
0: team wrestler before that.
1: Gurria. Yeah. Frickin' Tom Zink.
0: Yeah. But and I, then Tito. Yeah. And then. I'm not counting all of his partners.
1: No, but I'm just saying he was a tag wrestler. Right. Like There's three teams. W- he was yeah. a
0: specialist, I
1: guess. AWA world champion, though. And then. Uh, WWE TV champ. WWTV TV champ and a pretty solid mid card in the but I don't think he matches Edge. No. But I, it's I, worth I, a mention. Worth a mention. Yeah. Worth a mention. Yeah. Martel's good. I mean, you could make a case for. Uh, I was gonna say dynamite, but in all honesty, like dynamite was not really a tag specialist. No, but you could make a better case for Davy Boy Smith, right? Because whereas dynamite had a very long career and wrestled in Japan, right, and Stampede, and then back to the, all that. Davey
0: Davy Boy uh, Smith, Davy Smith, Davey Smith. Like him or not, uh, I like him. Highlight. He um, headlined SummerSlam '92 in Wembley Stadium. People were there to see him.
1: Yeah, and he's bizarre. He, he's bizarre. Because I'm
0: bizarre.
1: What's weird is he went on to once again become a tag team wrestler with own
0: Near the end of his career. Yeah,
1: yeah. and then the woof woof later. Right, right. What do you think of him? I, I like him a lot, but I think that's just better. <laughs> do we make a case for, I hate to even have these two names, first and last, come out of my mouth, but do we make a case for Billy Gunn or no? No. Okay, good. He Whew. sucked <sighs> yeah, no. It, just making sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Ugh. No Billy Gunn. All right. Road Dog. Road Dog. No, right? I love Road Dog. But, but still, yeah. as singles, he sucked, right? I'm just trying to think yeah. of real notable techies. I like Road Dog's singles like him, work, to be honest. I, his his okay. hardcore champion run is no, great. that. You're right. I always His hardcore run is great. I always think of that intercontinental run that he had, and yeah. I hated it. I, I think it's Edge Quinn. I can't think. Edge the Awesome. Edge the Awesome. If folks, obviously, at any time, if you know someone that we're missing because it is, quite frankly, impossible to think of every single tag team on the fly. Right. Let us know who we might have missed and let us know if we were wrong about something because we want to hear from you. So you can do that on Twitter or go to our Facebook group. It's Edge, though, Quinn, in my opinion, from my vantage point. I mean, that's... Okay. Edge's. is not that the Hall of Fame means too much but Edge is a Hall of Famer world champion respected wrestler I mean it's Edge
0: yeah I, I can't think of anyone of that higher stature. caliber yeah yeah, that's any, kind of what we're there shooting for any other for. world champions right um, that would that would fall
1: under there well let me put it this way on the Rushmore right now is Michaels Bret Hart and Booker T Edge is not out of place joining them no he isn't right yeah you want to do that then yeah sure alright so for number four let's welcome King Edge the uh, the awesome if you will Well, to recap for Donnie, we have Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Booker T, and Edge on our Mount Rushmore of tag team specialists that went to singles competition. Quinn, I'm going to start off the Death Valley portion here. and I'm coming out swinging. This is not who you might think, but this is someone that I never liked as a singles wrestler. And quite frankly, I don't really even like him as a tag wrestler. Brian Nobbs. (laughs) You hate Brian Nobbs. He stinks. Well... No more prima donnas. (laughs) No more prima donnas. But Brian Knobs is... He's like the evil twin of a Bully Ray type of push, you know? He's the evil twin of Sags, really.
0: (laughs) Sags, see... What is your... Okay, so... Yeah, I I personally think Sags is not very good either, so I don't understand, like, what you expect
1: Brian Knobs to be. Not a singles wrestler that gets pushed in WCW in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. What happened...
0: First of all, what happened to
1: Sags? Why did he disappear? (laughs) He got a little saggy. I think he, he was injured. Oh, he just—he was like, "I'm not doing this anymore." <laughs> yeah, like, I he just like I'll be your... a carpenter or something. <laughs> yeah, he built building uh, houses with yeah. Bob Vila. Hi, Bob Vila for Sears. But I think uh, Brian Nobbs, the singles wrestler, why? Like literally, why? Come on, hardcore Nobbs, Joe. It was nasty, Brian Nobbs. <laughs> Na- well, but he, then he was hardcore. <laughs> yeah, he was so hardcore. It was hard to the, watch the his the matches. Shitty hardcore belt. <laughs> yeah, it was like too clean. He, it had, okay, so like, let's fake let's see. He's
0: like the definition of crony. Absol- a Hogan crony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like the number one Hogan Absolutely, crony. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, to the point where he was on Hogan Knows Best like a million times.
1: Oh, God, you're you right. That? Yes, he was. They would always go like surfing or whatever they do in Florida. The problem with him, flat out, is he stinks. Yeah. <laughs> he He's not good. He's not a good wrestler. um Pity City. He's not. Yeah, that's, pity City. That's his move. He's not a good promo. Um, he does like
0: no. Come you, on. To be fair to him, his promo work is not. It's not like he doesn't know how to talk.
1: He just does that eighties yelling style where it's
0: like. He has a style. But, the butts. point is, is that it could be much. It could be like Bobby Lashley or something terrible. <laughs> Hi. Like, all yeah, right. Like
1: in all fairness to him, I want to put him on the table. Right. He's going to mess it up because he's very nasty. Yeah. Who do you got, Quinn? Throw Marty Janetti, <laughs> obviously. Marty Janetti. Marty Janetti, folks, is the Marty Janetti of the Rockers. Literally, this Death Valley should be called Marty Janetti. Yeah, like, it, he <sighs> is what this is. Marty Janetti like. would have been great. If he didn't get fired eight times and, like, have didn't sex with it. his daughter or something like that, what did he try to do? Well,
0: his daughter that he didn't know was his right. daughter. Like, he thought it was his just some girl he met, and then he found out later. I Marty Jannetty is a weird guy. Uh, that's putting it very nicely. To be fair to him, it's not like he means to cause any harm. He's just really bad at
1: stuff. At life, yes. Yeah. You know what? In all honesty, considering... How we were talking at the top of the segment about Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty through the eighties and early nineties being very interchangeable, very similar, yeah, same move, same style. Considering where one of them went, yeah, and where the other one went, I wouldn't even be opposed to putting him on as number one. Oh, he's he's a clear number one to me, Marty Jannetty. He, I mean, okay, so
0: let's let's go through his post career just because it won't take very long.
1: <sighs> yeah, so he. uh <laughs> So the Rockers break up because he tries to escape through the barbershop window, obviously, like a big coward. Janetti tried to dive through the window to escape. Did you see that? Are you blind? What an act of cowardism! He's supposed to have a feud with Michaels immediately. Yeah, why did that
0: get delayed? Um, he because hurt? he
1: was arrested or drugs or both okay. or something. So then he comes back at the end of 92 and he has a match with uh, Shawn Michaels at Royal Rumble 93. And it's somewhat hampered by the fact that Janetti, for whatever reason, was not okay. I don't know if it was drugs or alcohol or that, just life. And also, Shawn Michaels had the blue intercontinental belt, which <laughs> yes. to me always hampered the match. That as well. hampered it a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, so he's gone again. Comes back in May of 93. Wins the title from Sean, the big surprise Raw, May 17th, 1993. a lot
0: of people remember. Like, that's Great. a big deal yep, to people. Stuff. To me, that's the apex of Marty Janetti. It's like, it doesn't get much better than that.
1: Nope. Because three weeks later, he loses the title back to Sean. He flounders a while, teaming with Razor a little bit. And then the kid later, into 94, wins attack mm-hmm. tag titles for a week. Yeah. Gets fired again in February of 1994. You know, for Marty Janetti, all things
0: considering... He has a lot of accomplishments on his resume. If you're just looking at that, you might say, hey, this is a great wrestler. And then you realize, like, how brief all of them are and, like, circumstantial. And, like, he usually he sucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, he came back in 95 then, briefly as a face. Then they did the new Rockers and he left again at the end of 96, blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is the guy was on Heroes of Wrestling. (laughs) You know, this is a guy where, you know how sometimes when we talk about the disappointment factor? Yeah. Marty Gennetti to a T.
0: Yeah, he, he, everyone expected him to be something and he
1: wasn't. He was originally in the earlier days of the Rockers, he was like the de facto leader. He was more experienced. It's, which is weird to even think about. He was the more comfortable talker, which is really weird to talk about. shoe, see, look at, look at, it. That's, see, can yeah. y'all tell? Yeah. What a fall from Grace. And I, I'm okay with putting him on as number one, actually.
0: I agree with that. I think he's Death Valley. He is what this is. Like, he's the definition of it.
1: All right. So, you know what? For number one, Marty Giannetti. Die, die, die. Now, do you have
0: any issue with Jim Neidhart? No, because as I described, like, another guy got Jim Neidharted. <laughs> yeah. What did, what did I say? Yeah, got Jim Neidharted. I forget who that was. I don't know, Devon or something. It was, yeah, maybe. Well, Devon might be on this list, but. <laughs> Jim Neidhart's career was essentially over by the time the Heart Foundation broke up. He was older and he couldn't go anymore.
1: He was doing the new foundation for a little bit. He was a very bad color commentator for a little bit. He was there to
0: give other guys lower than him as far as in stature mm-hmm. a bit of a boost. Yeah. He was like a little bit of salt that you put on a, on food or something. You know, he's, he's making
1: more... The food is the main attraction but right. he's a little bit of seasoning, so to speak. Yes. Okay, I can give you that. Well, then in that case, we can wipe him But I'm going to bring up someone that I already brought up, believe it or not. Okay. He's the more successful one of this tag team, but he's very, very bad. You know what? Either of them, but I'm going to go with Billy Gunn. I actually, I mentioned him for Rushmore just because of his accomplishments, but you know what? He sucks. (laughs) Well, his singles run sucks. As a single.
0: Hey, if you're fucking with the Road Dogg, I like the Road Dogg singles run. I I honestly I'm I'm going to leave him
1: alone. Yeah. But Billy Gunn went from smoking guns Mm -hmm. to rockabilly, but then... Once again, a tag team specialist in the New Age Outlaws, and that was great. Yeah. But then, they decided, this guy is the next Shawn Michaels, and we're going to push the shit out of him for no reason, and they did, The, the and weird he thing, stunk. The
0: weird curiosity with him is that um, he was probably the better guy in most of the teams he was in. I would say he was even better than Road Dog. As a wrestler? I think he's, yeah, In a weird sense... Maybe. Billy Gunn is strange. He's a strange case, because he might be one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time, quite literally, if you look at his record. Yeah. However, he might be one of the
1: worst singles wrestlers of all time, based on his record. You have a fair argument there, because if you look at what they did with him, it was bad. Yeah. (laughs) There's no way around it, you know? It was very, very bad. Right. He had this weird feud with The Rock in 99 to try to give him, like, a bump. It's, that was that was, was the bad. that was the all hands on deck
0: last ditch effort that like yeah. it's so short that it I, I don't feel like it's offensive. It's just a weird like attempt.
1: And then they did it again with the one Billy Gunn in two thousand, which really stuck in a lot of people's craws, you know. Yeah, but he was to me, by that point it was over.
0: The concept was over. Okay. Like I that's why I didn't care. I didn't know why people were so upset about it. I'm like, this is clearly Billy Gunn, his, his career career's done. Like, this is it. Like, what about Bart Gunn, then? I, mean, Not- I don't ever, I never, when Bart was with Billy in the Smoking Guns. They were I, interchangeable. Yes, but I always perceived Bart as the lesser, so I never expected anything ever to come from him.
1: Like, I'm serious. So Billy Gunn was the leader of the Smoking Guns? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: I was surprised Bart got as far as, like, knocking out Bradshaw. Like, it was like, this is incredible, like, Bart Gunn. Like, that was like a Booker T-esque surprise. Like, okay. that he would even make it that far, ever.
1: That's fair. What about speaking of Booker T, Stevie Ray? Yes, there's Stevie Ray. I think Stevie Ray has a very good contendership here. Yeah. Let
0: me ask you this. When Stevie Ray when Harlem, he broke up, let's let's go back a second. Stevie Ray was the older brother, right? Mm-hmm. Was Stevie expected to do anything, do you think?
1: I don't know. He was the leader of the NWOB team for a period of time. Right.
0: But um I guess my point is is that Stevie did exactly what we expected Stevie Ray to do. Stevie Ray also had the unfortunate um, thing happen to him where his partner became big while he was out hurt. True. I don't think Stevie Ray' career trajectory ever factored in that his brother would be one of the greatest singles competitors ever.
1: Yeah, okay. You know what? I can see that. Yeah. That's fair. Well, then... Does Brian Knobbs have contendership then? Is the worst of these three that we've talked about so far? You know, I got a guy in mind. Yeah, go ahead. The Warlord. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, because he was tied to the Barbarian for a long time, not just WWF, but before that. Now, in the, NWA. The,
0: here's the thing is the Warlord starts an attack team, right, with the Barbarian. Powers of Pain. But he's got the look. So he looks like coming out of this, like, this guy's going to be a big star. Proto Goldberg
1: yeah. type of look.
0: Yeah, and had he, had he not. Sucks so bad. I think he would have survived through the post warlord barbarian. Would have been repackaged into something of use. You think so? I do. Just because. Look at him. Like, ser- <laughs> like seriously. Look at him. He was a big guy, yeah, like, big imposing guy. That guy could have gone on forever, and they he would have seemed imposing in 1998 if he was still around. Like, well, Yeah, you he, know would what have. I mean?
1: he would have. One of the problems with him is that he couldn't cut a promo. And it leaves you, Davey Boy Smith, to me, and I've got a special surprise. Hi, right. yeah. I'm the warlord,
0: Davey Boy Smith. <laughs> he had the unfortunate <laughs> thing of, like, his voice was fucked up. And he had a wand. <gasps> yeah. That didn't help. Well, that's that the thing. Is that whole gimmick, like, screwed him over. But he sucked balls. <laughs> However, he had good matches. So it's not like he, he was good. Like, there was something like there, but it was never capitalized. Like they never figured it out. And it, it's just a weird anomaly to me. And that's the reason why he comes off as one of those guys. That's like he might be like a Death Valley contender. So you're
1: saying he's worse than Stevie Ray.
0: Yes, because Stevie Ray, I literally forgot he existed after like Booker T left for singles
1: fame. So... You know what I mean? I kind of do. I'm still caught up on the whole Brian Knobs thing, but if you... <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, Ricky Morton had a very horrid singles push. And that is a big shame. Actually, he's
0: one that comes to mind, too. Um, and something against Ricky Morton. Um, So Ricky Morton had it all the potential in the world for a singles run after we got the preview with Ric Flair. that Yeah, exactly. I was like, this guy's great. Like, he... I seen, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that. feud. It's one of my favorite feuds. Yeah, it's like, a it's, great feud. It's probably one of Ric Flair's best feuds of all things. Is it was 86? I can't remember one of those. It's around the time when the horsemen are, are new-ish. Yeah. Nope. It's incredible. If you've it's never really seen it before, check it out. It, really it, good feud. It, it's unbelievable. He like messes up his face. Mm-hmm. And-, and you know, are a little itty bitty, ugly duckling turning a woman alive. That would lay that face down next to her in a king size bed anywhere in the United States. Ric Flair's making jokes about it. Yeah. And Ricky, meanwhile, is this, like, big, sympathetic, like, you're like, oh, man, we just want to see him get, like, one win over Ric right. Flair. We don't care if it's a countout. Yeah. Or, like, just, just a win, just to give it back to him. And he had that going for him. And they just, when the time came to break up the Rock and Roll Express, it's never did anything but that he became
1: part of the york oh, foundation God. And- richard morton yeah. yeah that's what i'm referring to yeah. that heel run where he still looked like face ricky morton yeah. same attire same mullet like that he should have cut his hair. Well, he did cut his hair later, if you remember. Later, that, Remember
0: that whole thing where we saw his haircut and we're like, whoa, Ricky Morton could not look like he's 700
1: years old? <laughs> yeah. The whole time, it was the mullet. It, like, it's the mullet. Yeah. Because he had that weird blonde hair where it looked gray. Right, yeah. <laughs> but his singles push, his singles run was awful. I'm going to give you another one, Quinn. Sure. Now, this guy, I think he did technically start as a single for a little while in WWF. Mm-hmm. But his main success was as a tag wrestler first. And I don't know, you might disagree, and I might be off base here, but Brutus Beefcake. Yes. He was in the dream team. Would you say the success that he had in the
0: mainstream, even though, you know, he didn't necessarily win titles or anything. Didn't do shit. But um, he was active and known, and people who knew who Brutus the Barber Beefcake was, he had a modicum of success there.
1: You know why? Hulk Uh, Hogan.
0: (laughs) Well, of course, but I'm just saying. Does that? I think he's a different. I think he's slightly a a a chip above. um,
1: Ricky Morton. Oh, knobs. Okay, as far as
0: a Hogan crony is concerned.
1: Yeah, he's better than knobs. Okay, all right, all right. Above, he is. Yeah, there's a cut. Here's a guy that was always associated
0: with tag teams, and I think his career just didn't pan out. Bagwell, Marcus Alexander,
1: or Buff Bagwell. Yeah, for the most part, he was a tag wrestler until the singles push in ninety seven eight. Yeah, that. Yeah, he was what team with the Patriot team with a bunch of different cronies, Scotty right? Riggs. American males. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bagwell wasn't Scotty so good. Uh,
0: not Scotty. Uh, Buff. The thing about Buff is he was kind of patterned like Martel. Where he was, like, a bunch of tag teams, and then it's like, okay, now we're going to singles push him. And he just kind of was whatever. Like, his peak of horribleness is, like, Judy Bagwell on a forklift pole match or whatever. Like, the fact that that guy, the punchline for that guy, was his mom did his bidding, is, like, really goes to show you how much of a fail he was. Yeah. And not to mention his match with uh, Booker T. It, on WWF was like why maybe WCW didn't happen. And that match, in all fairness, <laughs> it's not that fair, all yeah, all fairness it's to both of bad. them, it wasn't even no, bad. It's, not. it's, it's not. just a weird like thing to think about. Is like they t- looked at both of those guys and they said we only want Booker T. Fuck Buff Bagwell. And Buff Bagwell though. though he wasn't even horrible or anything. He wasn't, but I don't blame them. But what do you think of him as um, a, a failed he,
1: yeah, tag he's team not specialist? To uh, He's not very good overall, Quinn. Yeah. I mean, he's in the vein though. You know, bringing him up, uh, I'm thinking of a guy like Paul Roma, who was mainly a tag oh, wrestler. Fuck. Also, yeah, you
0: know, he was
1: in the the Young Stallions with Jimmy Powers, and then he was in Power and Glory, and then he thought he was better than Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul Roma is a guy that. You know, I don't know. He's probably a, a fine person in real life. He's probably okay, you know? I guess. But as a wrestler. The ball's on that guy to say he was better than Ric Flair, though. He said Ric Flair wishes he was Paul Roma. Let's well, just say uh, I, I took some of his shine away.
0: He had, you know, he had the woo. I didn't need to whoop. You know what I mean? they
1: wooed for me right which i don't think uh, i don't know maybe rick flair did maybe because paul roma wasn't a fucking raging have alcoholic you, have
0: you ever seen rick flair do you think rick flair wishes he was
1: anyone else but
0: rick flair yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> but i think uh i think paul roma sucked can we yeah. agree on that and anytime they tried to push him as like a single like a fiery like hi it wasn't good but i think the worst of the lot here of everyone we've mentioned literally is brian Knobs. Yeah, Brian Knobs. He, he was in the fucking interchangeable... The only damn difference between them is that one had blonde hair and one had dark hair. Yeah. Gorilla never bothered to find out, That's <laughs> oh, it's one half of the nasties! <laughs> Every time. Like, he didn't give enough of a shit yeah. to even differentiate them. Oh! One half of the nasties! So I think we just need to cut our losses here and put Brian Knobs in and, and just move on with our lives. Okay. All right, so... Thank you for <laughs> number two, Brian Knobs. Die, die, die! <laughs> you know, while we're at it, yeah, go ahead. There was a tag team called Men on a Mission. I Mo. Crap on Mo. <laughs> yeah, I like crap on Mo. Mo didn't even have o- honorable a- mention.
0: Yeah, he-, he didn't really even have a, s- a singles run. He was
1: like, that's a how st- bad he was. He was just like a stooge. That's how like, bad Mo I can't was. Count Mo. We don't have to count Mo. Cut it out. <laughs> you know what? Running through. All the people that we've brought up, we got Janetti and Nobbs on there just to, mm-hmm. to set the clientele here. Okay, right. I am okay if you are with putting either Stevie Ray or the Warlord on. What about Buff Bagwell? I I, honestly, I don't know. Clint. Really, you don't think
0: he qualifies? I think he. Hmm. It was he was like the Billy Gunn of um of W, uh, w-, 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 w- Yeah. It was the guy they tried to push eight thousand times in fifty different tag teams and barely
1: got him over. And you know who got him over was Scott Steiner.
0: Well, the well Scott Norton too in the NWO as a as a the power and the the,
1: the fast. Were kind they of tag a team? team? Yes, they were. They. Oh, so he was always in tag teams, and he never he was bad on his own, right? Right. Is that the bottom line here that with That is him? The bottom line. I'll put him in. You yeah. want to put him in as number three? I you, I forgot about the nor- he was still doing that. Yeah, even when he was like already that
0: was like simultaneously happening while he was being singles
1: pushed. <sighs> God. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. For no, I I bet he's an okay guy. Another no, case it's where a he's, guy
0: I don't have a problem with. Like ever I've heard good things about. Him. He's nice. He's, he, he still goes to see fans and stuff. Right, like right. no one has an issue with him as the person. It's just he just. Never panned out.
1: Like yeah. I don't okay.
0: like under. He's even worse than Billy Gunn in that case. He also had calf
1: implants. Put him on. Die, die, die. So we have one more spot. I'm going to run down who who we seriously have on the table here. Okay. Just for the sake of uh, completion. We have Stevie Ray. Right. Warlord. Ricky Morton, who is really starting to make some sense. Eh. Billy Gunn. Yeah. C- Paul Roma and Sika. Okay. What sticks out to me the most actually
0: out of that yeah. is um uh, Stevie Ray. Act weirdly enough. Yeah. He, even though the whole not like expected to do anything, he did. It was shit. fucking egregious that they let him do the things they did once he was a singles wrestler. Like
1: the leader of, of the NWOB of, team.
0: Even so, I understand it's like a joke faction. It was but by he's that also point, yeah. the leader of a faction. <laughs> what the hell? And then the big booty slap happy, whatever the fuck he used to say.
1: Fruit booties. Fruit booties,
0: <laughs> and two toasties. I don't know. Whatever he said. <laughs> two toasties. And then flapjacks and, uh. and Gatorade. I don't know what the. He said weird shit, like a lot. Just like his brother does. Yeah. But he
1: said it like. <laughs> Weirder than Shucky Ducky Quack Quack? Yeah.
0: He, he was always saying dumbass crap. He was annoying as hell. He was on commentary. Yeah, just
1: like his brother. Uh, it's a Huffman brother thing. They just say dumb shit on commentary. ever happened to him? Is he still alive? Yes. Okay. I, I,
0: I, <laughs> seriously. Like, he just sucks. I'm just surprised I've never seen him at anything like a Hall of Fame gathering of like something where there's a bunch of old people at.
1: Is he worse than the Warlord though?
0: The Warlord is interesting, but <laughs> I feel like... It didn't get past a certain point like the warlord wasn't leading factions and on commentary and stuff Mm. like he wasn't in the general like mind
1: frame of people. People forgot he existed and he's worse than Billy Gunn Um, as a singles member of the criteria going from a tag team to a singles wrestler. Okay, I think the two guys right now are Billy. Yeah. And and Stevie. This might be. Go ahead.
0: I wanna make I made the argument for Stevie already. I wanna to throw to you on Billy. I want you to give me a case on
1: Billy. Okay, here's the thing with Billy Gunn. And it's nothing against him as a professional wrestler, so to speak. I think he does his job as a right. professional wrestler just fine. He was great in the smoking guns, no joke. Yeah. And he was great for what they were supposed to be in the New Age Outlaws. The problem was in 1999, and again, I don't know whose idea it was, but Vince was obviously okay with it. It was somebody who, like Buff Bagwell. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. To make Billy Gunn into this, like, blue chipper, rising star. This is how they portrayed him, for real, in the 99 run, the Mr. Ass run. Right. This guy is a pure athlete, you know, they would show. He's pure ass. He's great. <laughs> yeah, really. You are he's going to feud with The Rock because, you know, that's very important to feud with... Well, was, that is. That, that's yeah, right. No, it, I know. It, it, it's a, very it, important to feud with The Rock in 99. It was. But what happened in that run and then his 2000-2001 run is the one Billy Gunn? Which by then it was over, I think. That, that was the uh, last That was, more, that was he, more
0: just, uh, he needs to
1: do something. And then he was in
0: Billy and Chuck. Right. And then New Age Outlaws again when he came
1: back. Yeah, forever. Yeah. And the, the uh, Voodoo Kin Mafia. What happened was it was exposed that all Billy Gunn should have ever been was a tag wrestler because the dude couldn't talk. The world's greatest athlete has come here tonight to talk about ass. Mm -hmm. And he really didn't have any good singles matches ever. He wasn't that type of wrestler. Right. They were really trying. And I mean, like, you could see they were trying to make him what they did with guys like Edge, what they did with guys like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. They were trying to inorganically pull him out like it's Super Mario 2 yeah. and you're pulling out the freaking turn up yeah. they were trying to do that and d- extract greatness and that's where I think he's the worst because Warlord was just Warlord Stevie Ray was just Stevie Ray
0: here's the thing Stevie Ray literally sucked at wrestling <laughs> like he's one of the worst things I've he, ever seen he is very like, bad at wrestling the design behind him was to like tag in push someone around, be like physical and get the fuck out. So Booker T could do his thing is what you realize at like after the fact, because when you see him by himself, all he's doing is just power moves and nothing.
1: You know what, Quinn? You know what I mean? You have some validity there. It'd be like if you owned a, um, a CPA firm, a yeah. tax firm with a partner and your partner was really good and very accurate. And you just kept fucking up all the time. Yeah. Eventually it's like, all right, you suck at doing this. Right. And
0: it wasn't that. I, I don't think in a partnership usually that both guys suck. It's just they're better at certain things. And some of them are better at multiple facets. And one's only good at one facet. And Stevie, and Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray was good at like power shit. And that was. Yeah, it.
1: that was his only good facet. You're yeah. right. But Billy Gunn. The Disappointment fact, or not even the disappointment that in your face, this guy's good. Believe us, he's really good. Right, he's really good. People complain about Roman Reigns getting shoved in everyone's throats. Billy Gunn was all over the damn screen for a year the as a single, is, and he's I
0: stunk. Feel, I feel Billy
1: could wrestle. I really do. Feelings don't matter, Quinn.
0: No, I mean, from seeing him, come on, he's not like he's not Stevie Ray levels of bad in the ring.
1: In ring, Billy Gunn is much better than Stevie Ray.
0: He's not even the worst wrestler I've ever seen. It's just he didn't it's charisma is what he's missing. Gunn? Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: He didn't have it. And yeah. it, but they tried to make him it. That's yeah. why I want to put him on as number four. Are you okay. are oh, you able to? I, I could do that. I think it's I think it's either way, him or Stevie Ray. But yeah. like I, I could go with Billy Billy Gunn here. Alright, so for number four, the one, Billy Gunn. Die, die, die. (laughs) So, folks, that is our Death Valley, the Marty Jannetty of (laughs) Tag Team Specialist 2 singles wrestlers. We have Marty Jannetty himself, Brian Knobs, Buff Bagwell, and Billy Gunn. That is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Let us know yours. You can do that on Twitter, email us, or go to the Facebook group. But, Quinn, when we come back... We have got some very important wrestling to tackle here. You know, oh, the it's most important, very important. You know, holds and maneuvers and things like that. Real athletes we'll really here. we going really have to figure this one out. Yes, and really it is good. coming up right after this. I'm a Hello, wrestling fans! Howdy doody! We're here to remind you that if you really like our show, you can donate over at Patreon.com/slash OVP Podcast. That's right, and we have three rewards tiers. For $1, you get the raw video recordings of our episodes each week. Mistakes and all. I don't make mistakes. Add another dollar, and you get the raw video plus weekly commentaries every single Friday. That's where we watch a match and talk over it. It's good. And for $3, you get the raw video, the weekly commentaries, and our monthly live video reviews. Yup, we watch 1982 WWF while you guys watch. So that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. And now, over to Sean Mooney. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. Quinn. We're revealing something. This was your idea. Uh, yeah, it is, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> starts it, off okay. It starts off
0: okay. It's not the worst. Let's nah, put it that it's way. It's not I'll the worst.
1: Preface it with that. A little preface action here, yeah. folks. This is AWA Championship Wrestling, March 25th, 1986. A bit of a in-between period for the AWA, meaning they were clearly in possession of some very good talent. Yeah, I would say in between the good and then the bad. <laughs> exactly. So They were not going to have some of this talent for much <laughs> longer is the y- problem.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> so you oh, see-
1: They had a very nice... Um, they're at the showboat. Yeah, in Las Vegas. They got a nice look going yeah, on. Nice look. Good production here. Yeah. This is much better than either of the two AWA things we've done in the past. We did 83 and we did 90. Right. And... This is the best of the AWA stuff I think we've done, in yeah, all fairness. Yeah, 83 was a little too slow, but it was still like mainstream, but 90, 90 was, was terrible. Isn't yeah. that like
0: during the team challenge yes, series and all exactly. that shit? Yeah. So
1: this is during a period of time where the AWA was kind of in flux at the time, and it looked like they could have gone either way. Yeah, they look pretty good here. Like they have something. Absolutely. And to set the context, as I often like to do, the NWA, uh, specifically the Georgia promotion and the Carolinas, were rocking and rolling during this period of time. Fine. they were probably doing great. probably their most profitable period. It's a great period of time to watch the World Championship Wrestling show. Right. Really good. Ric Flair all over the place, Dusty Rose, the rock and rolls, the horsemen were starting to form. Yep. Really good stuff. And over on the other side there, uh, above the Mason Dixon line, the WWE was only about a week away from putting on WrestleMania 2, which we know well, how that turned that out sucked, but but in terms of being a big deal you know it certainly was and some great talent was at that show yeah it was what the world had come to at that point <laughs> i would say now this is what people from las vegas had come to this is uh, awa <laughs> march 25th 86 we get right into it with a cgi intro very nice very good for uh, 1986 to have that it cgi was. i wonder how much that ran burned <laughs> I can't believe Verne would spring for something like that, you know. I would I would think it would open with the black and white oval team commercial. Well, I I got to say I I think uh this overall production that it's, leaps it's very and good.
0: downs ahead. I I would say it's on par with um World, World Championship Wrestling yeah. it's better than
1: WWF. Yes, it like. is. If you look at stuff from WWF from the same period of time, this is better. We uh we waste no time here. Larry Nelson is our ring announcer and he announces our first match which is Jesse Hernandez who Yeah, who versus Buddy Rose with Sherry Martel. Now, Buddy Rose, I didn't know this, was already doing his shtick. He's announced at 255, but he says, no, 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 I'm 217, and Larry Nelson kind of no-sells him. Weighing in at 255 pounds. Not 255 pounds, 217 pounds. Playboy Buddy Rose.
0: Was he fat on purpose? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it, I know. I mean, it's a fair that, question. Like, we were commenting how he was the executioner like less than a year before. Yeah, right, right. And he was like, he looked normal-ish. <laughs> yeah. Now he's like a big fat ass. He like, looks
1: like the nineteen ninety Buddy Rose, do- right? Doing the blowaway gimmick, right? Exactly. He's that levels of fat. So Sherry is already, as Larry Nelson says, a former ladies' champion, Quinn. I feel
0: like Sherry was born a former ladies'
1: <laughs> champion. Like, she came out of the womb, and they're like, former ladies' champion. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so the announcers here, this is a car crash of announced oh, team boy. on paper, man. Lord James Bleers and Vern Gagne himself. And then I said to you, well, this show just entered a new realm of shit. Okay, sports fans, this is Lord James Bleers. I'm calling the action along with... Vern Gagne, he's going to be doing the color on this, and he's going to be helping me out. What a weird announcing. Now, AWA fans out there, which I think we have like one Ruben, (laughs) Ruben Vasquez Jr., was that common? Was this a one-off? I don't know much about the AWA announced team. I just think they should keep
0: Vern away from the product in general.
1: (laughs) By 86? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jesse Hernandez looks like that guy that Tim Taylor sold his hot rod to (laughs) Papa Pizza or whatever, Papa Mia. (laughs) But Sherry looks very classy, by the way. Yeah. She looks uh, good. She's
0: got the crappy hair. Her hair
1: isn't in, like, good form yet. She has, like, like Linda McCartney
0: mullet. (laughs) Yeah, like a weird, like flippy curve like in the front I don't know what but the she's, hell is going.
1: she's dressed nicely
0: yeah she looks good no, no makeup no none makeup
1: of that weird makeup yeah very good looking woman as we always say Yep. so Vern Gagnon commentary takes Umbridge with Rose's weight well, I take Umbridge with that too so <laughs> I'm with him there and Buddy Rose does this whole thing you know where he postures and he poses Sherry combs his hair Rose does one-handed push-ups which is actually a little impressive
0: yeah and watching this I was like Brian Malonis if you're <laughs> listening I think you could do this gimmick I really do like I think it would set your career to new heights. You could do the blow away diet, you could do all the, the whole the whole shtick. You hear that it's Malone's? been
1: like thirty years. You can do it. Yeah the statute of limitations on gimmick infringement is like seven years, so you're you're four times past that. Now,
0: in this day and age, I would say you can, he flubbed it by like 40 pounds or whatever. You should go big or go home. Yeah. Like, uh, just 80,
1: 90. 80, 90 pounds less. I I think so. Yeah. I think that'd be very funny. Yeah. So the ref here is a fat Daniel Stern known as Scott (laughs) Ledoux, and he was the only man to box eight world champions. It sounds like he didn't win any of those eight matches, (laughs) so who gives a shit? (laughs) So lock up finally And Rose makes a stink and bails more combing by Sherry. And inside, we get some choking by roses. This match is pretty much all stalling, but not in a Larry Zabisco kind of way. Right. It's more entertaining stalling because I think buddy Rose is good at doing this. He Uh, is. You were
0: saying to me, yeah, he, he's a kind of guy that, although I've seen him wrestle pretty well, he's the kind of guy that's so good at his character work. He doesn't really need to do anything. No. Like he can just do his thing and he's entertaining and it's fine.
1: There's only a handful of wrestling moves in this uh, as Rose works in arm scissors Then we get a nice spinning elbow off the ropes by Mm -hmm. Rose. And then a DDT gets the win called the Pile Driver by Blears. Comes around. Boom, drives ahead. Pile drives it. Well, that was inoffensive as a squash, right? It it wasn't bad. It was fine, yeah. (laughs) The the next part's funny, though. Yeah. We cut to the ring, and Larry Nelson uh, asked Buddy Rose, you know, what that move is called, the DDT. And he says, it's called I Hit the Jackpot. I just beat my opponent with Hit the Jackpot. (sighs) glad they didn't go with that
0: now now mind you if people are confused like jake had not he had just debuted debuted in the wwf and the ddt name was not wide known right if i if i've I've heard from a lot of people that the the hold itself was Mm -hmm. rather innovative at the time a lot of people didn't
1: do it correct
0: it was it was buddy rose doing this was just as new to fans as jake the snake doing it
1: Absolutely. And so,
0: so a name obviously needed to be uh coined because as you yeah, know, players doesn't know what it what it is. Yeah, he calls it a
1: pile driver. Yeah. I mean but hit the jackpot. Yeah. That's a pretty bad name.
0: It, jackpot. You now I get it with him. I get what he's trying to do there. Yeah. It's just like it, it just doesn't seem like he thought it out much. Like <laughs> right. that's all. Like <laughs> nothing to nothing against Buddy Rose. He just is like, This is a cool move. I'm gonna do this move and the guy's like, What's that called? And he's like, I don't fucking know. It, it, <laughs> Hit! The, I hit him, so I hit the... I don't... Yeah. Like, like, that's what it seems like, <laughs> yeah, right? No. Yeah.
1: Rose is good here, though. He gets all defensive and challenges the whole crowd to do one-handed push-ups as he does more of them. Doug Summers, by the way, who was his partner, and they had a great feud with yeah. the Midnight Rockers. He's also in the ring. He doesn't say anything. Sherry talks a bit, and she sounds like Brett Butler. From Grace Under Fire. Quentin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also, she uses her crutch that I've always noticed in her earlier promos. Therefore...
1: Buddy Rose deserves a belt. I deserve a belt. Therefore, Kenny Devine will go down as a loser. Yeah, she
0: always She would does say it. She, she,
1: Therefore, Rockin' Robin. Yeah, Therefore, she, Shawn Michaels. She would drop it. Yep.
0: by the time she got to show Michaels she didn't really do the therefore anymore I part. think she like,
1: says it in the Martell Michaels match oh really therefore I have requested that neither man hit each other in the face okay but she I mean says it. I guess it, it for
0: whatever reason when we got angry Queen Sherry <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't hear no. it as
1: much well because Savage wasn't really the type for that type of promo you yeah. know what I mean therefore so, <laughs> so Rose calls out the Midnight Rockers as we cut away and then we get juxtapositionally here. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> a free credit report commercial from like the Dot mid-2000s. Com. yes. Dot com. Now, That's the important part. For context here, yes, we pulled this on YouTube, but this was when ESPN was, and I'm sure Peter Winston has a great story about this, how he was Somehow. like feeding his cat or something. And,
0: pining for ESPN Classics, <laughs> the, the channel, yeah. and he called this cable company and blah, blah, blah. This
1: is when ESPN was replaying some of the AWA Weekly, so there's like a weird like juxtaposition going from 1986 wrestling to probably like mid-2000s, yeah. it's like dot-com commercials. Yeah, it's very yeah. weird. We come back, unfortunately, and we have a match here. It is Bill Anderson versus Colonel De Beers. No! <laughs> Ugh, this big racist. South African from yeah. Johannesburg. He likes know. the apartheid and all that. Yeah. Colonel De Beers stinks, yeah. just for the record here. Now, Scott LaDue is still yeah. the ref, and he's still a former boxer, Quinn. Yeah. Just so you know, Billy Anderson here looks like he's only there because of the Olympics.
0: Right, because he has an Olympic sh- jacket on, and you know Vern runs this company, so it had one goes with the other, right?
1: It's amazing that Vern Gagne
0: was so enthralled with the Olympics. It's amazing that Vern Gagne was successful, <laughs> to be honest with you, because this shit sucks. Like, you can't just get random Olympians like that can't do anything. <laughs> Like as far as wrestling yeah, is right, concerned, right, right, and yeah. just be like, look, they're they're Olympians, so they must be good. It's uh, like, what is he going to get a fucking skier out there to job? Like, it's so stupid. Winter Olympian. Oh shit, Frank La Snow. It's like, who cares? Fuck this, Frank Lesno.
1: Snow. Yeah. And he was a skier. Yeah, that's, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's like an ice cream man named Cone. So bleer's not De Beers, but bleer's name drops the making their now third promotion appear are they've been on wwf they've been on <laughs> wcw and now they're mentioned in awa the neville brothers
0: <laughs>
1: that's literally what it is it is too.
0: i like that, that's not me like hating them or whatever no. it's just they why like they why was this a popular thing i don't like, know it's not conventional type of singing. It
1: sure isn't. Yeah. Well, then again, Yoko Ono had a storied career too. So, the De- the well, beers speaking of music looks like the bassist in like an AC/DC cover band I or something. I gotta
0: say this about uh, it's like a softball De beers. coach. De- De- I found this immensely interesting. It looks like he drank the beers. <laughs> when I looked at this guy, I I said to myself, "How old could he possibly be here?" I'm gonna find out as you talk because. He looks like it looks like if you shave the mustache off that you could have, like, repackaged him as
1: like a big white meat baby face, like
0: young up and comer.
1: That's because he ate all the dark meat. Yeah. Now, I had pegged him around 38. You would said maybe 34. You want to know what he was? Let me guess. He's in his 40s. 41.
0: Man, he doesn't look. Uh, listen, he looks I don't good.
1: like Colonel De
0: Beers. No one does. But I have to say. In nineteen eighty six, tremendous shape. Like, does he not look good. like he's in his forties. No, like and that's okay. not just like his physique, that's like his yeah. actual
1: like face and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the problem with him is though, Quinn? He wrestles like Jesse Ventura. And yeah. I don't mean that in a good way. Just slow well, punching. Mm- he at the very end we get a little glimpse, but most of this match is just punching and stomping. i was stomping. surprised some of the moves the pulled out here, okay? By the way, we're reminded again that uh Scott <laughs>
0: not forget boxed. They told us three times already. (laughs) Is this fucking necessary? Like, he lost (laughs) every time. So, Why don't they just put loser underneath his name instead of eight-time world-fighting bo- uh, boxing champion guy?
1: So De Beers with literally a suplex or a souple, according to Lord Bleers. Suplex or a now, What is that about? I don't like, know. Just it's, it's give both Gordon, options.
0: Gordon around? Like, make and, sure you call him a souple. Make sure it's a souple.
1: So an ugly knee and an elbow by De Beers, but he pulls Anderson up. And then a forward Russian leg sweep. And that's what, one of the moves Quinn is referring to there. Yes. Very... I- Brutal looking forward motion like I leg approve sweep. of this squash just because of that move yeah. right there. Front pile driver gets the win. Larry Nelson is with AWA champion. Wait for it. I love the Sarah. Stan Hansen. Yeah, now, the, you know, I love Stan Hansen. The ultimate. I don't give a <laughs> yep. fuck about this company, Stan Hansen. <laughs> ran the bell. Ran about
0: over my truck. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. He did. He, he did. Got, when they fired him, he fucking tore the belt up, and then sent it back to them like in pieces. I love it.
1: I love Stan Hansen. Yeah. Bradshaw wishes he was a quarter of what Stan Anybody Hansen was. who's ever tried yeah. this character yeah. is trying to do Stan Hansen. He was the best at it. Right. And every time I've seen him, whether it's in the 70s, 80s, 90s, Hall of Fame when he was inducted. Or uh, No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred! Yeah. <laughs> teeny Wangers! Yeah. The Teeny Wangers! He's
0: awesome. I love him. I he's will never genuine, say anything bad. He's the genuine article as far as like a
1: cowboy is. Better concerned. than Mulligan. Yeah. Better than Bradshaw. All those guys. He's he lives awesome. the gimmick. Yep. So Nelson hypes Wrestle Rock '86 as the greatest event ever that's coming, and Hanson's just like, "Can you shut up a second? Yeah, if
0: you want more in the Wrestle Rock Rumble, um, big plug to
1: Petey when yeah. he covered his AWA episode because he covers the. Hey, just shut up a second now. So Hanson rants for a while as he's wont to do. You know, you can't really understand half the stuff he says. And by the way, just want to mention he's got his hat. You know his cowboy hat, mm-hmm. his bull rope, right, and a nice button-down shirt. Yeah, his casual
0: cowboy, yeah. hat. but like he looks very cowboy. He's got oh, yeah. jeans on yeah. and
1: boots. But it's just a very nice shirt for the type he of attire. That shirt
0: it is a nice shirt. I that guess it
1: nice. Probably a dicky shirt. I bet mm, maybe we go to break and come back to Hans de Haas, who <laughs> and Alex Knight. Not, not to be right. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. to be confused. More like Alex wrong yeah. versus the Midnight Rocker. Speaking yes. of them earlier. Yep. The, now, the, the, the headliners yes. and Death Valleyers <laughs> of the last Rushmore. Now, Shawn Michaels here still has his Shawn Nichols hair, Quinn. You that mean the, sh- the, the current version? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That short brown, like, ball yeah. of hair that he used right. to have. And yes, yet again, it is the boxing guy, Scott Ledoux, as the ref. Did they tell us again? Yes. Yeah. Ugh, man, what a loser. Shawn and Nightstar, The typical rocker offense has started off. And by the way, uh, the Showboat Pavilion, not a bad venue. It's much better than some of the other bullshit we've seen them at. I have
0: to say, yeah, I, you know, for a casino, you would think it would be trashy and more it, like heroes of wrestling, yeah, but it's, it, not. it's not. It's it, pretty good. It looks fine.
1: Yeah. So the Marty Ginetti of the team, that would be Marty Ginetti, he right. tags in with his usual offense, you know, the arm drag, the arm ringer, etc. Arm bar, bar. Arm bar. De tags in, or Dehas or whatever. He's a Haas, or a mm-hmm. real Haas. Mm-hmm. And he, uh-huh. <laughs> he wanders around the ring with Marty for a while. Then some wrestling happens. Michaels is back in an awfully scary vertical. Sue play by Michael. I was
0: wondering if this is because you could see the ceiling. So I was like, <laughs> was somebody like trying to not get their feet nailed Michaels, or whatever?
1: I, no, I think Michael's almost lost his balance. In the, right. So he dangled dangly the dangly ones. ones. She's got her own earrings, a whole shoebox full of dangly ones. Somebody else has dangly ones <laughs> later on in this show. <laughs> I gotta say though, this is honestly not nearly as exciting as like their WWF squashes would be. wrestling like
0: a power right. style
1: for like most of it. And these guys are bigger than them.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I, it seems like Vern's it wanted to do that. Gentlemen, this is professional wrestling. This is the, the style of wrestling here <laughs> is uh, professional wrestling. So you're not going to do all that jumpy jumpy because Top Rope is banned. Only my son
1: gets to do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a high he
0: flyer, so he <laughs> only does the high flying. You see, a very easy. Fuck him. <laughs> Ooh, fuck this <laughs> company. Like, look at all this (laughs) talent. And it's like, we're restricted to the Vern Kanye 1942 rule set.
1: (laughs) So Marty tags back in here and wiggles around with Knight for a while. Michaels makes the tag, gets the win with a very cool move. Marty Irish whips the guy after tagging Michaels in. Mm -hmm. And Michaels leaps off with a flying body press. I think you called the coin a slingshot flying body press. Slingshot cross body is yeah. what I called it. Yeah. Great finish there. That's what it, that's what it comes off. He slingshots off the rope yep. like an Irish
0: whip and yep. then Sean comes at him full force while he's running at it. It looks look, awesome. That's yeah, a great finisher. I'm surprised they didn't use it in yeah. WWF. It's I've never, fantastic. I've never seen it since. And it looks
1: safe. It looks safe, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the old early 80s late 70s trope was the flying body press was usually a finish so this was like a nice expansion on it have the guy irish whip him more momentum boom and it's awesome too because it could be used by the heels fighting the
0: rockers if you think about it if they duck then sean's taking a big hit perfect right Yeah, yeah good good point so it's a high risk maneuver as they say there
1: you go quinn larry nelson is with nick Bachwinkle on the downturn of his wrestling career. The he, last year, right? Yeah, he would retire in eighty-seven. I think this
0: was a planned last year, I've I always so. from my understanding. He knew he was done and he was just kind of
1: finishing his yep. dates out here. He went out in a classy yep. way. He has a great promo here. He tells Stan Hansen, he's gonna be fighting him at Wrestle Rock, that he might have some sophisticated rags on. But he wants to make it very clear. I was a champion three times in the last eight and a half years. And if you think, you know, you've got it hard, you know, the things I Bachwinkle. Does great promos. He mm-hmm. is one of the best, sophisticated, that laid back style. He is so good at it. Mr. Hanson, let me say this. I think there's a lot of cowboys in this world, and they put their hat on and their vest. You happen to have a big bull rope with you. And you get a lot of stuff all over your boots. Put a little stuff down in here. And uh, maybe it's because you're from Texas.
0: I think he's one of the best well-rounded wrestlers I've ever seen. A good technical, good just in-ring work, entertaining, uh, cut a promo. I mean, he's like the uh, five-tool player Like in in baseball.
1: He actually is. And he doesn't get a lot of mention here just because of the typical content we deal with. Right. But also his career was exclusively in the AWS. Right. Yeah. But I really like him. Anything I've seen of him, I really like.
0: It's no wonder that Vern, he was one of the guys that Vern, no matter what, hung on to. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. Handpicked him to be a champion and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Very good guy, very good wrestler. Uh so we cut to Ken Resnick, the mustache version here, is with Vern Gagne. And a, some blue screen background or something. You know,
0: it was a blue screen, but they're not using it yeah, that it way. It was yeah. just
1: literally a blue screen. Yeah. And Vern looks like he's staring into the sun. He looks like French Stewart on it, Third Rock from the honestly, Sun. Honestly, it, it looks like somebody that turned the camera light too bright, like in his <laughs>
0: face, because you can literally see the gleam. Just squinting. Yeah, like I would squint if I because you can see the light coming off of his face. Like the camera <laughs> operator, like fucked up. It's not even old man
1: Vern's fault here. <laughs> so they talk about how Waylon Jennings is going to be performing well, at Wrestle Rock. I don't know who that is. It's a country music artist. Well,
0: that's I live in, you know, in the <laughs> North. Jersey. I don't know.
1: I don't know anything about this. Did you know, Quinn, that in most of the country, not all of it, but most of it, country music is all over the airwaves, whereas here in the Northeast, where we're from, it's very hard to find. Heresy.
0: Nonsense. <laughs> that that can't be true. It is
1: true. There's they, like
0: where I there's like
1: what is there, like one country yeah. station
0: and nobody listens to it in around this area? The time
1: I've spent down in places like South Carolina and Florida. Yeah. I it's went to Atlanta once. Over. It's like that. Yeah. It's yeah. like every
0: station is that. It's like Claire Underwood or whatever. What's her name? Yeah, Claire, that's her name. That, that, oh, she's from um um that House of Cards show. I'm talking another Underwood, Carrie.
1: Yes, Carrie Underwood, yeah. correct. Yeah. So they throw us to the St. Paul. Minnesota Civic Center for good lord, Sheik Adnan Al-Kasih, which is General Adnan versus Brad Reingans. This show was going so good. Why did they have to go to this? Why the
0: fuck is Brad Reingans still here? Why? He never goes... When did he retire? When the AWA closed down and they were like, nobody wants to employ you. Like, nobody wanted you other than Vern Gagne. And the fucking General Adnan... (laughs) He sucks. He's the worst. He's one of the worst things ever in wrestling. Like
1: he is really again
0: another contender for if we did the Mount Rushmore Death Valley of wrestlers, he might be in the Death (laughs) Valley. He might be.
1: It is about seventy five percent darker here in the St. This is a live show, so that's understandable. It's the eighties, but we're clipped to some mask guy attacking Brad Ryan's, and then the bell rings. Mm -hmm. And Quinn, you had a very poignant line here. I said, please
0: tell me that's all there is here. That's all I needed to see. Seriously, like, seriously I, like, that, I'm done. I
1: totally agree with you. Although something interesting does happen. To be fair, it does. Meanwhile, I wonder who's announcing. I actually don't know. I don't know if it was Roger Kent or somebody. But well, Quince- I asked you if it was uh, Ben Benson. <laughs> what, who is? What's his name? Who? Larry Nelson.
0: Larry Nelson. <laughs> ben Benson. <laughs> Wait, no, there was a Benson, wasn't there? There's no Ben Benson? No, I, who the hell is Ben uh, Benson? I don't know. It sounds like somebody from Minnesota that would announce this bullshit. Ken Resnick? Yeah, maybe. I don't know who I'm thinking well, of. Well, anyway, this masked maybe man. Maybe it was Larry Nelson. It might point.
1: have been. This masked man gets a chair as this is still going on this beatdown. And apparently now he's called the mass marauder. <laughs> isn't that you no i'm, <laughs> I'm a marauder maybe if you're peter winton a marauder <laughs> yeah well to him he was. <laughs> so greg gagne makes the save in his skinny jeans with a wussy chair shot and then he tries to unmask this masked guy and it turns out to be king kong brody yes bruiser brody, bruiser
0: brody himself so i didn't expect a, that that's a big reveal what a get for the AWA. that is a
1: get bruiser brody obviously would Go on to uh, get stabbed two years later. But, but I mean, he had a prominent career before that. Had a great career. I yeah. wish that he would have lived longer.
0: I honestly wasn't he a guy that was like earmarked to go to the WWF? I He's, don't know. I always thought the Berserker was patterned after him. Like a it was bit. like a veiled attempt to like a little bit. They yeah. wanted that character, so they saw Nord. And was <laughs> speaking of, it's funny because later on they do yeah we're talk gonna see some that. Nord.
1: Yeah. Uh, So anyway, Brody beats down Reingins and nails Greg with a pile driver. But who makes the save but old man Vern? Of course, because his son
0: can't get the job done.
1: (laughs) It should be Vern gets beat up
0: and his son saves him. Not the other way around. Thank you. It's no wonder that Greg failed. Honestly... If they did it correctly, maybe Greg would have been
1: successful. Like (laughs) What the fuck? Greg is like 37 years old at this point. He's not a kid. He doesn't need his daddy saving him. I
0: don't think he's that... He's not, like, unimpressive or bad. Either. No, he's not
1: on Eric Watts levels no, or anything No, I like that. actually, like, anytime
0: I see okay. him, I think he's okay. Like, he's okay. I have no problem with him. I just don't understand why Vern sabotages <laughs> no, his no. runs all the time. It looks like he makes him look like an idiot
1: here. I know. He gets the upper hand, Vern does, and uh, kicks Adnan's ass also, and then he nails Brody. Now this feels like the AWA yep. it was a little too good to be true in the beginning, Quinn. By the way, Vern kicks all their asses while wearing a nice white sweater.
0: <laughs> That's how the fucking, old man you know, sweater? That's how like this guy just has to shit all over the younger talent. <laughs> yeah. It's like he doesn't even have to take his sweater off to beat them up
1: sweater. That's very Stupid. serious, you know, when you don't even have to remove your card again. So back to the good arena here for our our main event, our feature match. This is in nineteen ninety two, this, this would have made sense. Yeah. It is Boris Zukov. With the dangly thing on the back of his head. Yep. The Barbarian, but not the Barbarian. It's actually Nord, the Huss. Barbarian. Huss. Yes. Huss. The Berserker. Hus, Yes. Versus Kurt Hennig. And Mr. Perfect. Big Scott Hall. Hey, y'all. <laughs> now, Razor here has some weird forearm tassels. I don't understand yeah, what that is. That's the other dangly thing. Right, the other dangly ones. Now, the referee here is not the boxing guy. Finally, it's Morty Miller. Hall kind of looks like Steve Travis Quinn. Yeah, if Steve Travis didn't get hurt, I bet you Hall would have never been pushed. <laughs> I bet you Steve Travis would have t- played the part of Razor Ramon. <laughs> so Vern apologizes for his actions because he didn't know what he was doing. Oh, shut up. Super so, so and Rangers start with some back-and-forth power action. Husk calls for a test of strength, and it takes a long time. Blear says the Barbarian, if you remember. He's like, the Barbarian, the Barbarian, the this Barbarian. stinks! <laughs> uh. So, Nord kind of looks like Seth R- Rogen and Sami Zayn. I think he looks like a roided-up Sami Zayn, like,
0: a lot. He kind of does. But meanwhile, Vern keeps saying he looks like um. Berserker. Over yes. There, which yeah, Brody, is funny Brody. because he would play the Berserker. Yeah, I know.
1: Brody. Yeah, it's funny. So Hall flips out of this tax of strength. He poorly slams John yeah. Nord. Boris finally tags in, slugs out with Scott Hall. Then Hennig comes in with some drop kicks, some fiery babyface offense, the heels bail. Back in and a big boot on Hennig by Nord. Vern, as we mentioned, keeps harping on the resemblance between. John Nord, Nord the Barbarian, and Bruiser Brody. I feel like, like Vince over McMahon and over. watched this episode like, <laughs> yeah, in right. 91 or something, like
0: right before he brought him in. He was like, What's this Nord guy about? me he saw this particular match with Vern harping on what he looks
1: like. He's like, I know. He could be the Brody guy we wanted. So Nord misses a second big boot and a headache hits a couple drop kicks. Very comically sold by Nord. Zukov eats one too. Great heel selling, Quinn. Oh, th- this is funny. They're like bouncing around. Oh, it's at, good. Like, a minute after
0: the fact that they got hit they're like still selling it and they're rolling around outside
1: it's really good like jumping rolling around yeah like and uh Norden again as Henick finally makes the comeback and the hot tag to Hall big offense by big Scott Hall so now Hall makes the hot tag. Like, what a puss! He was in there for like ninety seconds. Yeah, I don't get it. Isn't he supposed to be the big powerhouse? <laughs> yeah, <house? laughs> he does the. Finally, Hennig gets a hot tag to Hall, right? Mm-hmm. And now Hall like is farting around for like a minute and a half, and then he has to hot tag Hennig. Uh, I guess he got he got out of it. Wasn't you know, pretty- so big. <laughs>
0: what was that? He got a huff. What did they say? Yeah, he got maybe- blown up.
1: Yeah, yeah blown, blown up. up. That's got the up. Say, yeah. Then the bell rings, and there's like all what this confusion. Is- this shit is stupid. Yeah, because the ref goes to talk to the announcers, and apparently the timekeeper made a mistake. But then, out of nowhere, Vern comes out with, "Well, you know what? It was the Sheik's fault because the Sheik, uh, General Adnan, is out there." Yeah, but I don't think he was anywhere near there. I think the timekeeper legit fucked up.
0: I think what happened was is there actually was a time limit because this match was going on forever. This is long; it's longer than we're making it seem. What I think is that the time limit actually expired. And Vern was like, no, 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 let it go. Because he's just sitting there anyway. It's his fucking shit. Yeah. So he was just like, no, it keeps going. And then he's like, no, the timekeeper fucked up. It's, oh, no, it was Adnan. Like, he just starts making up. What <sighs> the? F- this took the steam out of the whole yeah. match. It's boring as shit. Yeah. And I don't want to watch it anymore you after had,
1: this. You had said to me, it wore out. It's welcome after this. Yeah. Because back in the ring, Brody's choking. And in the overhead backbreaker by Brody, you know, where you hold <laughs> um, Brody by um <laughs> by Nord. Yeah. yeah nord Vern's got you going. Yeah. <laughs> You hold them in a, you know, overhead backbreaker. Zukov comes off the top rope with a forearm. What? A- and the bell rings. This is so stupid. So we thought it was like you can't jump off the top rope. Yeah. Apparently it's even stupider. Yeah, it's really dumb. The reason that Nord and Zukov are DQ'd. Is because he hit him, like, in the throat? <laughs> yes!
0: Like, are they serious? That's it? What? Does I didn't it, know that was illegal. <laughs> I, what the fuck? You can't chop someone in the throat in AWA? <laughs> Isn't that...
1: At worst... A warning?
0: Yeah, he didn't even get a warning. He's just like, "Fuck this!" It's like, <laughs> it's like, well, the bell rang already anyway. Yeah. Fuck this match! <laughs> like, seriously, that's what this felt like. Fuck this
1: match! I know it did. So Larry Nelson's in the ring with Kurt Hennig and Scott Hall. Hennig puts over Nord. He's like, "Oh, he's a really big guy." Why does he have a bad goatee? Kurt yeah, hey, Kurt does I have a bad goatee. But it's like,
0: cause he has blonde hair. Like it looks like it's melded into his face yeah. because of the poor quality. But he's got a very
1: bad goatee. Yeah. And then we don't even get to hear Scott
0: Hall talk. because yeah, the f- cuts literally. So it's like, now I don't
1: know if he has the y'all. Hey, <laughs> he's probably like, uh, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really like Tammy <laughs> with Kurt. That's, uh, I'm assuming that's yeah. what it sounds like. Maybe I can find a promo and put Many. it in. But before we talk about that, you know, me and Kurt been thinking about something lately. We wondered why everybody is cheap shotting us. I don't know. Well,
0: but, there you have it, AWA. Yeah, that's yeah. AWA.
1: So I don't know. That was five out of 10. It was fine. It was average. This it is not the worst thing we've ever reviewed. No, not just, at all. It was
0: middling. Yeah, yeah it was middling. It was, very middling. Middling.
1: Yeah. It was it, unfortunate for Vern because there was some good talent there. The Rockers, Scott Hall, mm-hmm. Kurt Hennig, and even John Nor was capable. And, and uh, Zukov. And Zukov was okay. And Buddy Rose. Yep. All these people. Really good and talent. Sensational Sherry. Absolutely. And Vince poached uh, all of Every people. single one of them.
0: Yeah. Literally holy everyone shit. on this show. And was the Sheik. Yeah. And General Adnan. But that was like after the f- AWA was out of business. So. Yeah. But still, holy shit. It's funny that it took the company going out of business for Adnan <laughs> to get poached. That's how, that's how far down, the, like, nobody wants him.
1: So overall, decent. Yeah, I guess. Decent it was. It was just
0: more sad. It was yeah. more sad thinking, like, wow like everyone gets poached by Vince and now there's no company yeah fuck this place and then even like the Beverly Brothers later and all that (laughs) (laughs) Sort of literally every
1: single person Vern
0: gets got poached
1: that's right but folks thank you so much for not poaching from us as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling we will of course be back with you for another week next week for episode number 85 until that time be sure to follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet go to it right now leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you have that and join the group we promise we will let you in you will be accepted to the Ellis Island of Retro Wrestling Facebook groups if you want to donate you can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast and until next time thank you for listening thank you for your fandom we really appreciate it I am Joe Morata that is Michael Quinn and we are saying so long see ya hey just shut up a second I want to tell everybody out there yeah, let me dwell on what happened in the past for a second. A while back here, right in the showboat, Las Vegas, Nevada, I beat Bruno San Martino Jr. 1, 2, 3. Everybody around here knew what a gallant fight that boy did. but He don't mean nothing to me. Now I got this big ex a Los Angeles Rams, Leon White, coming up in a couple of weeks and letting everybody out there all over America. This guy is 375 pounds, and anybody that big, you got to be real careful about. But Stan Hampson never backed down from nobody, Larry Nelson. Nick Bockwinkle at the Metrodome April 20th for Wrestle Rock. Let me tell you, they're lined up way on back into June trying to get a shot at this belt, Stan Hampson. Nick Bockwinkle, baby bull wife, get your ass out of this building right now. Yeah!